You have now arrived at Stadium Engale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stevie Miguel. It's your boy Silk. Yo, Dan, it's your boy Trey Five. <laughs> Howdy, Ahmad. It's Dan. How y'all doing, fellas? What's up, Silk? Oh, boys. Oh, man, just getting a little closer to the season, dog. We're one week closer. One week of camp in. How y'all feeling? I'm feeling like- energy check. Energy check. Look, I. I- uh, at first, when this when this month first, you know, got got close, it was it was the end of July. I was like, man, we got a couple of weeks, man. This shit taking too long. But now I feel like it's flying by. Now we rolling. We get we almost there. Yeah, we're in the meeting camp right now. They should be holding um scrimmage. We'll have some info on that next week. We had a mod on duty, but my dog said we're gonna have to do that shit another time. I feel them. Yeah, man. We got hey, man. We got we got to cancel them plans. It's all good. <laughs> we'll, we'll have an update next week on the scrimmage and um and also some more practices when the mod get out there this week. Dan, energy check, baby. Where you at with it? Yeah, yeah, man, it's high. I've been spending the entire off season trying to get off some lies and trying to get off some some confidence, and it's good to see that it's uh, that's actually happening. You know, we we've talked about it on this show. We've gone over all the skill positions except for one. Uh, all the specialty groups except for one. Uh, we're going to do that tonight. Um, and we kept talking about, hey, this is what we think uh, the roster is going to look like, the depth chart is going to look like, this is where we think our holes are. Um, man, it looks like our uh, our top 22 players um, are all set, just kind of like we said on this podcast. And, you know, our biggest uh, position battles are backup positions. So that's, uh, that's a good spot to be in going into the, uh, the beginning of the year. Absolutely. And where I'm at with it, bro, I'm feeling real good, dog. I was already getting a little piped up when I started seeing the clips. And then they did the Frank's mic'd uh-huh. up joint. The Gators uh, Twitter page did the, mm-hmm. the, the Felipe Frank's mic'd up joint. Then they did um, the one they had P. Ryan get out of the bus and say, you know, when I put this helmet on, it's all business. Mm-hmm. Bro, that just put me in a whole nother zone, dog. You know it what make, I'm saying? It make you want to suit up, huh? I almost fucking... Uh, Horse calling my neighbor like <laughs> randomly. <laughs> yeah, hey, looking at me crazy. You know what I'm saying? I just watched this clip. I was trying to tell you. Yeah, I was at a wedding uh, this weekend up in Atlanta, and I uh, was there with a bunch of Auburn and Georgia people. It was my wife's uh, wife's friend's wedding, and um, I watched that clip on the bus ride over. They had a, a nice little shuttle for us. I watched, you know, I watched another clip over. I was ready to spear some people when we got off the bus, man. Uh, they were getting off some lies. The two of them were talking real cocky. Uh, they're talking about beating Florida, so I was ready to uh, ready to bust some heads open. Hey, I didn't. It's obviously, about, it's know? about to get real, real fast, dog. You know what I'm saying? One week closer. Uh, Miami prepping as well down south. So mm-hmm. We'll see what they do. But what's your game day rituals, rituals when you at the crib and when you don't go to the stadium? Oh man, look, hey, the wife always get mad. She always want to wear her damn Gator shirt. I feel like if we, if we go out there, we go to practice and, and practice how we supposed to practice. That's how we gonna play. I don't, y'all don't care about the damn game days, none of that. That's just that's just me. Um, when I, when I'm at home, 
But I got I got the same shirt that I wear every time, you know, until we lose, until we lose a couple games, then I got to switch it up. But, I mean, the only reason the Gators win is because I'm wearing that, that Gators polo that I got, you know. So, same I, I, ritual every man, game, you know. I, I feel you, Dan. I feel you. But I, you know? I, I'm here to tell you that shit crazy. But, you know, I, I, I support I, you. Hey, I'm that type of fan too, Ma. You know, uh, go, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, loop me into that shit. Yeah. Um, I have a Gator shirt I buy every year for the season. That's gonna mm-hmm. be that shirt. You feel me? That's I right. Don't carry, I don't carry it on to the next season. I know where. No, no, no. Each year I get a fresh new one. So this one will have the Jumpman logo on it. I'm gonna ride with it, dog. If we win, just keep wearing that shirt. Same socks, same shoes, same shorts. The whole shebang, bro. You know what I'm saying? Question though, right. what what you do with the McElwain shirts? Like, oh, they're gone. Oh, them shit's oh, trash. Man. <laughs> yeah, man. I ain't even keeping to wash the car with or nothing, dog. You know oh, what I'm saying? You can't, you can't even... What? You can't even clean the bathrooms with that shit. They got to go. They got to go. I, I don't need that bad juju in my house. You know? I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't need that McElwain. I don't need the Muschamp juju. I, I don't need it. I don't need it affecting other parts of my life, you know? Yeah, I get that stench out of here, man. Yeah, I, sure. I wake up. I usually get right onto game day. I don't know how you don't watch game day, Ma, but that shit just like a ritual. Like I'm not actually watching it, but that bitch is on. You feel me? As I'm going through the house and shit, and I'll be grilling or prepping hey, food. But I, game day is definitely on. I I I, I look at it sometimes, but mm-hmm. hey, I I don't know. I just I, I just like to watch what 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 he put on. What mascot him? Because all that shit they be talking about, man, sometimes be crazy. I yeah, yeah, yeah. They had the, the fluff <laughs> stories, on, bro. They got some cool stories on there. I'll do it. I will admit that. Stories be cool. I think for me, it depends on the game. I, I think if it's a game that I'm a little nervous about, I mean, especially now that, that Florida could have a really good year, um, you guys start to get a little bit more nervous. Now, I'm not playing, obviously, um, but uh, you start to get a little nervous. So in those games, you know, our big rivalry games are the big games of the season. I usually try to distract myself in the morning, maybe a little bit of yard work, maybe, you know, have some plans in the morning. That way my mind can wander for a bit so I'm not thinking oh, about definitely. the game the whole time, you know. So, uh, you know, game like uh, – you know, Colorado State, whatever. You know, it's just kind of a relaxing day. But those, uh, those big games, man. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm trying to stay distracted for a while because I know for that three, three and a half hours, I'm gonna be intensely watching. And, and my heart, you know, I'm getting older. Just can't, can't take all the, can't take the strain anymore. Hey, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put y'all in on something, man. Um, so you know, every, every, uh, every Saturday morning we wake up. Um, we're playing for Urban. Um, what he like to do is get all the guys up. Um, we'll meet downstairs, you know, drink water, whatever. You know, we meet down there as a team, and we'll we'll take a walk. Uh, we'll you know we'll we'll walk the same walk every week, same walk, same walk. So uh, you know, we come back in from the walk, we'll go to t- like team breakfast, and we'll have college game day plans. I'm not gonna lie to you, the craziest because t- we we'll watch what they say about us and, and, and shit. Like we mm-hmm. we we watch it, you know what I'm saying? And the craziest shit was when we was playing Alabama the SEC championship 2008 when they got on there and said we wasn't fucking tough enough. That, I'm glad they said that, bro. Because Adazio went fucking crazy in that shit, bro. We turned we turned that shit off, bro. And Adazio and Mick damn there was fighting each other, bro. That's that's how intense they was because talking about we weren't fucking tough enough. We had the motherfuckers the one rushing yard in the fourth quarter. We 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 stuffed that shit, bro. All because it wasn't on there talking about we weren't tough enough. I was I was wondering if you guys watched College Game Day because it, you know a lot of these players talk about like limiting distractions and everything else. But every time that I was around the team. 
I know that they always talked about what was on TV and what they were reading. And, and I know coaches do their, you know, their job or whatever to try to, you know, limit some of that media intake, especially if they know that you're like an overwhelming favorite or, you know, they're really expecting you to blow them out. Uh, but I was always curious if they showed a game day to you guys, because that's, that's what I always thought they did, but, but I wasn't sure. And I know a lot of people don't think that they do. Yeah. We check it out, man. We, we, we actually, I, I know it's probably now, now more than way more than, you know, back in the day, because there's more outlets now, you yeah. know, it, did, did it affect your performance? I mean, maybe not you, but your team. I mean, it, you know, if the analysts all picked you, did you guys feel more confident? Did you feel less confident? I mean, what was, you know, what's it like to, to be playing in a game where somebody's picked you to win or lose? No, it's, it's I mean, sometimes you just know, to be quite frank, I'm, I'm going to be real with you. The, the 2000 mm-hmm. season was, was the best season. Um, I think it was the best season because we had no idea, no clue what, what was going to happen. We lost the, the old Miss at, at the beginning of the season. We're like, well, because, you know, the year before, we lost four games. Mm-hmm. And then I said, well, we had, you know, another four, about four game, you know, lose the season. And so we were just playing, dog. And, you know, the next day <clears throat> we had practice because Urban came in there um, after the game and was like, hey, y'all, you know, might as well get ready. We got practice tomorrow. And everybody looking at each other like, tomorrow? Tomorrow Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we practiced. Um, and, and after that, you know, everything just got intense, man. We started coming out. I think that first game after that was Arkansas or something like that. And we bust their ass right quick. Um, and we just went down the line. And uh, we were just playing because we was having fun, dog. 2009, man, every time we, we went out there, we, we weren't scoring enough. We wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. making it look pretty. We wasn't, you know, doing this and that. And we had a target on our back every week because everybody knew we, shit, we had, shit, we won two national championships in three years, bro. Mm-hmm. And we were the team in the nation. At, like every single week, uh, the target was on our back. That shit was harder in 2009, dog. Then in 2010, it was just like, you know, you know, Urban, you know, halfway quit on us last year. Shit, quit on us damn near this year. You know, we got a bunch of freshmen coming in. Mm-hmm. It was, just, you know, it, it was crazy. We, we, we coming off of Tebow, you know, trying to, trying to trans, you know, transition into Brantley. So it was a lot of different shit. Hmm. Yeah, I think what's, uh, what's cool about I me mean, bringing it back to, to what we were talking about at the beginning was, you know, it's good to finally not have to worry about, you know, a quarterback battle or a kicking battle or, you know, who's starting, you know, quarterbacks are going to be. I mean, you know, going into to this fall camp, it's nice to have your top, you know, 11, you know, offensive guys. You know, I think they're still working on some things on the offensive line. You've got your, you know, your top 11 defensive guys. You've got your kicker. You've got your punter. You've got your your punt return. I think the only position that they're battling for right now is long snapper. So um, put me in that position every year. Pause. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> let's, let's talk about the uh, the Amway coaches poll drop. Uh, we open up at number eight. Do you like the position that we're in? I, I like us opening at eight. Uh, you know, it, even though a lot of people have an uproar that LSU is is right higher than us. Uh, right, LSU. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just. I mean, we we we, we play it safe from there. We just got to win games. You know. In the SEC, you just gotta win. Right. Like everything else, everything else to play out. Yeah, everything else shake yeah, out. I'm, I'm not. Absolutely. I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about. Uh, you know, all the extra stuff. I'm just. You know, we long as we go out there and be the best team in the stadium that day, we're good. Yeah, I mean, number eight seems good to me. Um, you know, Michigan is a. I've got a big question mark again. You know, on Michigan and, and Louisiana State, I, I, I just don't think LSU is going to be as good as they. Everybody says they're going to be. I don't think that Joe Burrow is that good. I, I know that they're replacing a lot of guys on that team. Um, you know, I, I still don't trust 
you know, their head coaching and Ed Orgeron. Uh, you know, I think Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, uh, that's pretty good. Um, you know, question mark with Ohio State, you know, a new quarterback, new coach. Um, you know, then LSU, then Michigan, then Florida. So I think that Florida's in a good spot at eight. Um, you know, I don't think that there's anybody that is behind them that should be ahead of them. Uh, and besides LSU and Michigan, you know, I think everybody else is, you know, probably where they should be as well. Are you guys surprised that Central Florida is on there? They, they came in at 17. I'm not I su- am. I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. No. Nah, nah, because they're going to run through that conference every year, bro. Like, we know that shit. Yeah, I I think 17, I think, is tough because they're replacing their top two quarterbacks. uh, And and that information was known before. Uh, You know, they're starting Brandon Wimbush, who was at Notre Dame last year, started part of the year before he lost his job. I still think that they could be okay, but when you're replacing, you know, two your your top two quarterbacks, that I mean, that that's a lot to to ask for. I think they're going to be fine, um, and like you said, Ahmad, I think they're going to roll through their conference. But I, th- I think 17 is high. Uh, I think Michigan State should probably be ranked higher than them. I think Syracuse should be ranked higher than them. Uh, surprisingly, I think that Iowa State should be high uh, higher than them. So um, you know, 17 is fine, and they're going to keep creeping up the uh, the ladder, and they're not going to lose because they don't play anybody. So. All right. Speaking of, uh, of other teams in the floor, in the state of Florida, uh, Miami is right outside the top 25. They received <laughs> some votes, but not enough to make the top 25. They had about four or five teams ahead of them for yeah, receiving votes. Uh, Florida State had four. Yeah, four whole points. One, four whole points. One less, four whole votes. One less than um, Appalachian State. Yeah, it, 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 it actually works in a way uh, that it counts number of votes and it goes 25 to one. And that's how ultimately they determine how many points you have. Right. So if you get a first place vote, you get 25 points. And so if you get four points and then now goes all the way down to 25 and then at 25, you get one point. Right. So Florida state was featured at best 22nd overall on one ballot or at worst ranked 25th on four ballots out of a ton. So they're pretty miserable. Pretty miserable. I want to know who in the hell voted for them to get a, a number beside their name whatsoever. It had to be Florida State graduates or some bullshit. Yeah, I mean, it's got, it's got to be, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It's got to be Jimbo feeling bad. Danny Cannell. No, Danny Cannell's not a coach. Let me see. Who else, who else could it be? Jim, Willie Jim don't have Fisher a vote. feels bad. Uh, maybe an assistant coach that did it for a head coach. Somebody feels bad. Somebody I, that's a, I uh, think Danny Cannell, a director of ops. Danny Canetta snuck in there with his with his old line ass man. He be talking <laughs> on Twitter, bro. Y'all, um, hey, y'all, hey, listen, if y'all ever want to hear some funny ass bullshit, go follow Danny Canal. Yeah, he's king bullshit. <laughs> so, hey, he's, the best he's the a, best Danny the best Danny shit is is, is after Willie lose a game, he's trying to calm everybody down. Um, <laughs> his his bold of uh, confidence to Willie is the best shit after a, a Florida State loss. They were in their like their third game of the year last year, and and he was speaking by his like trophy case just about how we need to support him. They didn't know that that was just the beginning. <laughs> they didn't know that was just the beginning, bro. Um, but FSU is behind Memphis, um, Boston College, Cincinnati, Fresno State, Utah State. Uh, but beyond Florida State, I think that this one is definitely worth mentioning because they're real confident right now. Uh, and that's those Tennessee Volunteers that ended up with one big point. 
one big point. So that means one person, probably punch drunk, probably the same person that ranked Florida State, <laughs> Tennessee at number 25. One person. Oh, man. That's crazy. UCLA, who was pro- quite possibly one of the worst teams in college football last year, has more votes than Tennessee does. Temple, who had two offices, <laughs> two, two head coaches this offseason, had got more votes in Tennessee. Troy has the same number of votes. So I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Shit, me too, man. Let's get into some camp talk. Let's get my man Nick Delatore on here to get some uh, St. Thomas Aquinas lies in and chat it up about some camp. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And joining us for the second time on Stadium and Gale, it's Nick Delatore from Gator Country. Nick, how are you, bud? Uh, I'm just expecting big numbers for the podcast this week because I think I was on the most downloaded and listened to podcast you guys have had. So, yep. clearly hey. me. Okay. Yeah, we appreciate that. Yeah, we appreciate that. Um, big ad, uh, big ad spend when uh, Nick's on the on the air. Nick, we appreciate <laughs> you making us time. Uh, we know that you were on the actual radio earlier today, so appreciate you making us time for us, uh, us small guys. I did it awesome. for Ahmad and, and and for Sean. Definitely was it for you. Yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate that. that, brother. I <laughs> really appreciate that, man. You know, real for the culture. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, hey Nick, you've been out of practice for as much as you can be. Uh, what have you seen? Uh, what do you like? What do you not like so far from what you've seen so far? Um, I, I think the uh, I, I really don't know if we've learned much. I think we knew there were so many returning parts to this team that you kind of knew what to expect um, from them. I still have questions about who are the guys that are going to be back up at offensive line? I still have questions about, Hey, if Trey Dean gets hurt, you know, God forbid, what do they do at nickel? Or, um, if Juwan Taylor gets hurt, cause I mean, he's in a red non-contact jersey and you have to slide Trey Dean back who plays nickel instead of Trey Dean. So I think that's still some of the same questions that you might not, you know, get answers to, uh, until the bullets start flying, you know, until you're playing real games. Um, but I, I see, Continue progress from Felipe Franks, and um, I think that's a big thing because I think he's going to show that the last three games of the year weren't, you know, just a fluke. I think he's continuing to grow and continuing to get better. So really no surprises, but for a team that, you know, returned as much as Florida did, I think a surprise, there's more likelihood for a bad surprise than a good surprise. So I think saying, hey, there's nothing really, you know, that new or crazy happening is probably good for Florida. Yeah, we were just talking about that. This is the first time in a long time where there's not been a lot of position battles or at least a key position battle at like quarterback, you know, most notably for the last, Shoot, you know, eight or nine years. Say what? Shoot, I said just quarterback. What was the last yeah. time? I mean, it was back in the Driscoll days where you went into a camp thinking, all right, well, I don't have to write 15, you know, who's the starting quarterback stories this camp. Yeah, but even when Driscoll was here, you know, there were still question marks about him and, you know, and if somebody coming in after him was going to be able to maybe take some time or steal some time. I mean, it seems like for the first time, you know, maybe since Driscoll, but definitely since Tebow, um, you know, or I guess when, when Brantley officially took over after Newton left that you, you aren't, you know, asking a lot of questions about the quarterback position. And for the first time in a while, you feel confident at that position as well. Uh, that's probably the one thing that I've noticed the most out of him this offseason is, is his confidence. What are you seeing from him on the field during practice? Um, I think it's more of a leader. And, and I don't want to – it's going to come off bad, but I, I think some of his confidence in the past, at least um, on the field, <clears throat> might have been some, some – 
false confidence. And Ahmad might even be able to speak to this. If you're don't, if you don't truly feel it, that. like if you don't have, if you don't have the stats to back it up, but you you know that I'm a, I'm in a position of leadership, I have to at least fake it, fake it till I make it. I, I see more, and I think he's earned that confidence now. So I see more real confidence from him. Um, and now that he's shown it on the field, because, I mean, you can be a rah-rah guy, but if you're missing 14 tackles at a linebacker, no one's listening to you when you're in the locker room talking. Like, hey, man, make some tackles and then tell me what I'm doing. So, I mean, I think what he did at the end of the season is allowing him to be confident, and now guys are more confident in him. Um, so I think, you know, I, I, didn't want to, I don't want to be harsh on Felipe, but I think in the past it might have been some, some false bravado, some, some false confidence just trying to, to, you know, fake it till you make it. So I think really you're seeing him step into that, a real leadership role, not just, oh, yeah, well, he's the quarterback, so he's the leader. So are you worried about overconfidence at all? Well, he's never lacked confidence. Yeah. That's for sure. He's never lacked it. That's, yeah, that's, uh, that's certain. He's never lacked it. But, I mean, I think, I think I, you're I seeing think, a different I think he might have had a little bit. I think he might have had a little bit too much at one point. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think you said not me. Yeah, so I mean I guess with all that said, so there was a time last year where he had to shush the crowd because the crowd was booing him or, you know, talking about him online or whatever he got in his feelings about. And then from that point on, he now is in some people's mind a potential Heisman dark horse and he's gone from shushing the crowd to being now a huge fan favorite. How do you see him kind of taking that? Do you still think he's going to have a chip on his shoulder, or how do you think, from a confidence perspective, he approaches this year? Because it seems like when he had that chip on his shoulder, he was, you know, playing his best. Yeah, I, th- I think it wasn't just the chip. I think he st- that's when he really started to run physically. And yeah. he had kind of done it earlier on in the year, but I think that's when he really bought into being that physical runner, and it added such a different dimension to his game. And, and listen, if he probably was telling me to shush too, because I I was critical of him early on. Um, mm. I think whatever that did for him, it lifted a weight off his shoulders. It allowed him to play freer. It allowed him to play with a clear mind. Maybe whatever that shush did, he can do it after every touchdown. I'm sure Gator fans. I know Gator fans were mad when it happened. Happened that they won the game and came back and beat South Carolina, but mad about what Felipe did. But then the way he played the rest of the year, hey man, you can use a different finger. And not even shush. You can tell me whatever you want if you keep playing like that. I don't know if he could do all that, but you know what I'm saying. Keep that energy though. You know what I'm saying. That, that, that chip on your shoulder, that, that whatever got got you going, keep that that same energy. Mm-hmm. Well, he How, he's tweet crazy out of that. So just add him. I, the, uh, there's not a whole lot of position battles, but most of the fans want to know what's up with the safety position. How those guys looking back there. Who's the starters? I'm pretty sure it's Donovan Steiner and Jawan Taylor. But how are those guys looking on the back end back there? Yeah, I think right now you're, you're going to get your same two starters. Jawan Taylor, um, he's been in a red non-contact jersey, but, I mean, he's, he was in that all last year. Um, he told me August 24th I'll be ready to go. You know, uh, I'll let everyone know. Uh, everyone will know, you know, on August 24th I'm good to go. It's him and Steiner at the two safety spots. I think behind uh, Taylor would be Brad Stewart. And then Quincy Letton, he's finally healthy. What are you going to get from him? I, I was very high on him when he was coming in. Um, but uh, he just hasn't been able to stay on the field. So I think Brad's kind of taken, you know, taken over that spot a little bit. And then Sean Davis continues to come along. He's behind Steiner. So, I mean, that's really the depth right there. I, I don't 
see right now from what we've seen in practice, either Stewart or Davis overtaking one of the two starters. Uh, but that's not to say that those two starters will be there the whole year. I do like Jawan Taylor and Donovan Steiner more than uh, the internet does, though. Do you think there's going to be a lot of back and forth in that position, a lot of trading out of, of reps, or do you think that there's going to be two clear starters there? Say again? Do you think there's two clear starters at safety, or do you think that there's going to be rotating a lot? I think there's two clear starters. I, I think Steiner and Taylor are the two clear starters, but not in the sense of um, Hendo and Marco, where it's like, hey, you're coming off the field when you need Gatorade, and we might not even let you have that Gatorade. You might have to stay back on the field. Um, I think there will be a rotation, but um, not as not as much as you might think. I think those are the two clear-cut guys, uh, but there will be a rotation at safety. And then what's what's position depth looking like behind, we'll just say Marco, CJ, uh, and Trey Dean at, at cornerback? What, what's that looking like? Uh, I mean, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, it's rough behind them. It, it's not, not not rough in the sense that there's not talent, but you're looking at it, and it's Jaden Hill, freshman, coming off an ACL injury. Chester Kimbo, freshman. Kyrie Elam, freshman. Um, John Huggins is still MIA. Redshirt freshman, not much playing time. And C.J. McWilliams is hurt. So, I mean, you're looking at uh, defensive backs where, like I said before, you know, hey, don't tap the top of your helmet after a play. you got to stay out there because we don't have the bodies behind you. I think if you get the, it's easier at the farther away you are from the football, the easier it is to play early. So that's good news for Florida when you're talking about having to maybe depend on a Chester Kimber or a Jaden Hill or a Kyrie Elam. But they're at the end of the day, they're still freshmen. So you're still going to bring them along and, and get them ready for the potential to play, you know, not just reps, but meaningful reps. And what, what, uh, what, what freshman uh, has been uh, looking the best out of there so far uh, during camp? Uh, I, I think the, I think the two guys that that are really standing out, or not two guys that are really standing out, but I think Chester Kimbrough is coming along. I really like Kyrie Elam a lot. I think he'll be ready. Um, and one that's not, not a name to know for this year, but maybe a year or two down the line, is Trent Whittemore has kind of surprised me. I didn't know what to expect. Mm. Didn't even know, didn't even know what position they put him at. Yeah. Um, and, and I say that. Right? You say it again. High IQ guy, Jim Rat. You know, Jim Rat, probably buddy. probably a coach's son, first yep. game, last out. Yeah, really smart guy. Deceptively um, fast. He's just long, lean, really athletic, and, I, and I've been surprised at how good his hands have been. Um, obviously, the wide receiver room is stacked, and and he's not he's not you know getting playing time over the guys that are there ahead of him right now. Um, but I think he's a guy to, uh, to to watch, and you know, in the years coming down, years coming down the line. So he is he probably a, a likely redshirt candidate, maybe a special teams guy, or do you think if Florida because he was a DB in high school, I think. So uh, I think he, uh, he played, played everything in high both, school, he right? Yeah, I mean, he's an unbelievable team. athlete, and he's a really good basketball player too. I mean, but so if Florida does get uh, catch the injury bug at defensive back, do you see him potentially going back over there? Is he working out with them at all, or is he? I don't know because I haven't right seen now? him work. I haven't seen him work there at all. Okay, um, and, and with and with freshman, you kind of just want to you know put put on their plate what they can handle um, and, and not too much. But like you said, like you said, Dan, Jim Rat, high IQ guy, maybe they can put yeah. more on his plate. I, I just haven't seen him working there at all yet. And then what about the, the freshmen on the offensive line? How are they looking? I mean, a lot of them have lost weight, um, obviously looked significantly better. Are you seeing them step up into, you know, good role or are you just not seeing enough out of, out of them at practice right now? 
Yeah, well, starting off with the losing weight, I think Ethan White lost an Olsen twin or two. Uh, he, he, I think, is, is stepping into that backup left guard role right behind Brett Heggie. Um, and in my opinion, it probably a little bit ahead of Griffin McDowell right now. So that's a freshman. When you're talking about freshman offensive linemen, they are littering the two, the two deep because you just low on those guys. Kingsley, Egrukan, I don't know when I'll figure out how to say that, but he's the backup center right now. Um, I think getting Noah Banks was really big because I don't think William Harad is, is quite ready yet at, at, at guard. And um, Noah Banks is the guy that can kind of swing guard or tackle. Uh, and then Michael Tarquin, uh, I know I was a little harsh on him because he had the shoulder injury in the in the spring. He was kind of playing through it. I think he looks good at right tackle, and he's really pushing T.J. Moore for you know the the backup right tackle spot. I think the freshmen, especially the freshmen that got in early in the spring and have had a chance to work out with Nick Savage, are clearly ahead, um, you know, of, of some of the other guys. Yo, so besides the O line group, what other position group has to have a big year for the Gators? Um, I, I want to see, I want to see, and it's probably not a position group you'd think of. I want to see the running backs behind the Michael P Ryan. Um, because I, I mean, I know P Ryan's going to get his, he, he's the year he's going to go all out right now. I think Damian Pierce is kind of edging out Malik Davis in terms of reps and what we've seen in practice, but Davis is healthy and, and he looks good. Can he stay healthy? Does he push Pierce? Does Florida have a go-to guy when the Michael Pirine needs to come off the field for a play, two plays, or for a series. I think I need – it's such a tough league to play in, and, and you're going to go through running back. So can, does the production drop off, or do you keep it at the same level when you go away from the Michael Pirine? So I want to see Damian Pierce and Malik Davis have, have good seasons. Um, and then, I, yeah, after that would be the offensive line, but we just touched on that. So it, for me, running back. And I think there's a ton of talent there. I just – don't want to see a production drop off from from one to two. Also, uh, I think a lot a lot of people are wondering about our linebackers as well. Um, who who do you think will be our, our, our starting linebackers um, out there besides uh, David Reese? Yeah, obviously David Reese um, at Mike, and then I think the money is uh, Amari Bernie. And I, I like if you can move a safety down to linebacker, I love that because Amari Bernie moves like a safety, but he's as big as a lineman now, and especially playing that weak side spot. Um, Florida calls it the money. You're going to ask him to cover more. You're going to ask him to be in space. And, and I think when you transition from safety to linebacker, you're going to be more comfortable with that than, you know, uh, someone like, who, like David Reese, who's been a middle linebacker, you know, since peewee football. Um, so those two, those are the two guys that will be starting. Uh, and then James Houston is another guy I think started to come on towards the end of last year. He's good. Um, he'll be backing up David Reese and then Ventro Miller. Um, he's going to be back up to Bernie. And then you've got guys like Hopper and, and Josiah Pierre um, with Cedric Brunson, who uh, was brought up. I think he's still more of a special teams guy. I really like the freshman Hopper and Pierre. I think they're going to be really special players down the line. And then if you want to include Buck in linebacker, um, Jonathan Greener, getting him was a, a, a total coup because you go from, I mean, losing 99 to thinking, okay, well, can Moon stay healthy or are we going to have to rely on, you know, a trio of freshmen at Buck and all of a sudden you get a redshirt senior who's not coming into a brand new playbook. This is a playbook where he shined in at Louisville uh, with Todd Grantham. So he knew what the playbook was, what the expectations were. Um, so he comes in, you know, ready to start day one. I think, Greener to Moon will 
kind of split that split that role a little bit. I think Moon might be a slightly better pass rusher, um, but but Greener, I expect big things from Greener this year. Uh, quick question: What's the difference in coaching styles? I mean, we got two new coaches that that got that um, that showed up this year: uh, Salsas, Siri, Luff, and we got David Turner. What's the difference in in, in those guys' coaching styles? And the same with Torian Gray and Charles uh, Warrington. The, from what the guys said, uh, well, first off, Torian Gray is just a technician. Uh, footwork, hips, everything. He, he's just a, a great teacher, which I, I understand why to be in the NFL, but you're not going to teach as much uh, in the NFL. And I think that's probably his greatest asset as a coach. Is he is so good with – hey, this is what your feet are doing, this is what your hips are doing, this is what your key is when you're watching uh, a receiver. He's so good at teaching that. Um, and, and Charlton Warren, I, I, I think he's just a younger coach, I think, than, than Gray. Uh, and Gray really stands out as far as being a technician. Uh, kind of the same thing with, with Turner and Sinceri. I think Sinceri, from talking to the defensive linemen, Sal was really big on hands, which is, which is important for defensive linemen. Um, but they kind of almost said that at, at like, the hindrance of anything else. It was hands, hands, hands. Where is your hand placement? What are you doing? Are you grabbing the wrist? This and that. Where Turner is more um, talking about it all, and then he really, really stresses finishing every play and finishing every rep, and, and that's what the guys have kind of been keying in when we ask them what the differences are um, between Turner and Sal. What, what if, if any, uh, new wrinkles you've seen with the offense? Some, some looks or or some plays or some, some positions you see in players that, that we didn't see last year? I mean, you know what we're watching at practice. We're, we're not watching any 11 on 11. They kick us out before that. Uh, that biggest wrinkle I saw was probably in the video that you all saw on Twitter where um, Tony and Copeland are getting carries out of the backfield. Um, but I think, it was I, think you, I think you'll see him early. You're, I think if you got him, you'll throw him out against Miami. You know, you're not playing Townsend week one. And when you don't need stuff like that, and I don't think you'll need it against Miami, but I think you'll see some stuff thrown out. And uh, Tony's got to can throw the ball a little bit, and uh, I, I think you'll see some stuff. I haven't seen a ton other than you know that handoff stuff. What's what's the difference? Do you think between year one and year two so far? The biggest difference is just how how quickly things can run when players are comfortable. Mm-hmm. Last year, not only are you not comfortable with. Uh, the playbook totally. You're not comfortable with the coaching staff. You're not comfortable with. Um, you're kind of just walking around on eggshells. You're trying to make a good first impression, and, and you're not really flying around, flying around the field, not thinking because you're thinking so much of what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to be? When you don't have to do that, it lets you go through things quicker. It lets you practice faster and, and with more energy. So I think that's the biggest thing is that you're seeing more to get more done um, and, and get more done at a higher level. You're not having to stop and and, and Coaches know where to be, and players know where to be. So I think that's the biggest thing is knowing the expectations, having been through it a year, um, and then clearly give Nick Savage a raise because I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the team, the physically, the team looks good. All right, so everybody knows why we brought you on the show today. It wasn't because we did number one episode uh, of all time with you as a guest. It's because we're talking punters this week and kickers, but mainly oh. be. We mainly brought you on because of punters. You're you're always on brand when it comes to special teams. Nick, special teams. Do we have any concerns? No, they're going to be special. 
Perfect. The punch is going to be great. Soaks, I've been unblocked by, by Evan McPherson. I appreciate I that, bro. Done, I don't know if you guys have done a deep dive into what caused him to be blocked. I don't even know. Did you, did you, did you, did you holler at him to be unblocked? Was there some self-examination, Silk? Did you, did you fire off some silliness on the timeline? Kickers don't react, you know, at, at, for no reason. They're calm, hey, I, mannered I people. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I tweet a lot of reckless stuff, but I don't go yep. at, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't say players' names in negative ways and, and whatnot. So I was confused, bro. I definitely don't slander the kickers. You know what I'm saying? Especially not him. There's no reason to slander him. Well, what, what was I slandering for? I was, I was confused. He, he tweeted some people's retweeting a tweet. Uh, I was like, what the fuck? The kicker got me blocked, baby. No, the, the kicker blocked you. Uh-huh. He he blocked me. Nick Nick pulled some strings for me, bro. I got it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know people who knew people, huh? I don't have a lot of games, but when it comes to kickers and punters, I I can make some things happen. Yeah. All right. So I, look, now I know who to plug, man. That's right. Hey, Nick's your special team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who you who you think returning uh, punts and kicks this year? Um. Shoot. I mean. I'm not a big, I'm not huge into, uh, I guess, more on, more returning punts. You know, people say, like, yeah. oh, don't put someone back there because they're going to get hurt. Um, I think there's more, probably more of a injury risk on kickoff than punt. Um, but I would put, shoot, I'd put Jake Copeland back there. I'd put Kadarius Tony back there. I think Copeland can, can do kicks. I think probably Tony Swain, on punt. Swain was uh, a 10.2 yard punt returner last yeah, year. So, I was, I was, yeah, I was, yeah, I you. Do you remember the reaction when I remember we got to the first practice and I think we tweeted out like Freddie Swain's back there returning punts and everyone was like what? And, and then out of nowhere <laughs> and he's reliable. That's that's what you need. Vern. Yeah, it was almost like when they would have Vern return punts. You're like, oh well, Vern's out there because they're backed up and they trust him to you know call a fair catch and actually catch the ball uh, versus another guy. I think Swain's just a guy like he is in the slot. You're just hey, he's dependable. He's going to be where he's supposed to be in his route. When he's supposed to be there, he's not going to drop a punt. He's not yep. going to, you know, call it for a fence check on the two-yard line. Um, and he's not going to muff it. So, I mean, he could be another guy back there, but I think if you're looking for – I mean, I guess he was explosive last year. I don't even understand. I'm talking – Yeah, I mean, he had a, uh, what, a, a touchdown against Colorado State. Mm-hmm. And, and I, this, is, this is my opinion. And, you know, feel free to disagree or mod soak jump in. I would much rather have a guy that's going to give me four or five – you know, seven yards of return and, and maybe breaks a longer one every once in a while, but is less than a 1% chance to fumble than that guy that could be potentially a little bit more explosive, uh, you know, maybe averages, you know, four or five more yards per return, but has like a five to 8% chance of fumbling. I just, you can flip the field so bad on a punt return, um, you know, gone awry. Uh, and I just feel like it completely changed momentum. So give me, give me all reliable uh, with less of a chance of explosiveness than, than vice versa, unless you can find uh, that rare. Dan's, Dan's on his, Dan's on his 401k. He's not into these high risk stuff. Yeah, but that, that's right. Especially, yeah. Especially oh, when you're, uh, that's oh, right. Oh, this is a long-term investment, Nick. All you're really looking for too is positive yards. Like, mm-hmm. like if you take it to the house, you know, that's fine. If you flip the field position, you know, that's fine. But we're looking for positive yards. Just don't take no losses and don't fumble. Hey, I mean, muffing a punt and, and going from the defense getting off the field, muffing a punt, what turns a stadium and potentially turns an entire game more than, yeah. hey, defense, good three and out, but you're back out there, and by the way, we're on our five. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good luck. I mean, 
Nick, I, I'm going to, uh, I think that you or David Wonderlick over there at Gator Country could do this, um, figure out how many muffed punts turn into, you know, points for the other team. Because I think, like you just said, there's, there's probably nothing more that changes the game more than a muffed punt. Um, you know, all things considered. So give me all reliable. Give me the 401k. Give <laughs> me the 401k. You're at, you're at the craft okay, give, table me all, give me all the 401k. Give me all the 401k. Uh, well, Nick, we appreciate you having me on on Stadium and Gale. Tell everybody, and I'm sure they all follow you already on Twitter uh, for your nonsense, but tell everybody where they can find you and read your stuff. At Nick Delatore GC, website's Gator Country. Follow me there. Tweet at me, unless you're Lance and Jasper. <laughs> whoa, 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 hey, he, whoa. Called the ra- he called the radio show today. What's wrong with my boy from Lance from Jasper? Oh, jeez. Jeez. He, he just goes after me, bro. That's, that's your man. He just goes after me. He doesn't like me. Oh, man. Lance, come on, man. I, I, I had to hang up on him. Right about some people he hangs out yeah. with. Yeah, you got to lay off the uppers, bro. That's all, Lance. You got to lay off the uppers. <laughs> he was on some downers today. <laughs> oh, word. Oh, what's he mad about now? Well, that's different. That's different. I don't know. He was, he was yelling. I just hung up on him. He was yelling at me. I just hung up on him. Oh, well, Nick, we appreciate you having me on. We'll have you on uh, during the season, man. But have a good one. All right. Later, guys. Hold it down, man. All right. Man. Yeah, I think the only uh, the only question mark uh, is is who's going to return kicks and punts. Uh, you know, like I said, Freddie Swain was, I think, number 16 nationally last year uh, with 10.2 yards. So, I say give it to him until you give him a reason not to. Yeah, I, I ain't mad at Freddie. Um, when he got room to make something happen, he make it happen. He's not going to be no guy that that's, does some crazy outlandish punt return like, say, Brandon James or anything like that. But he's going to be consistent. If he got himself for a punt return, he got a little space, he's going to make something happen. He's going to secure the ball. So I'm with Freddie with the punt return. There's just, there's just so many times in the last you know five seasons that they've struggled with that position, especially with you know wide receiver depth being as wide you know wide open as it is, you know given you know the opportunity for somebody to make some plays, you know who knows that might be Freddie Swain, that might be you know like Nick said it could be a Jacob Copeland, it could be a, a Kadarius Tony, it could be you know any number of people, it could be a freshman, who knows? Um, you know, I don't Jim, want Tony of, back there. I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. Uh, I don't know who else they could put. Motherfucking uh, Shula back there if they want to, dog. I do not want Tony back there catching anything. I'm nervous every time he go back there. I take Tony on kickoff return, but punt return, no, nah, bro. It's a different. That's a different beast. I don't want him back. He look a little flimsy last year catching that thing. That's a different animal, dog. You got you got yeah. a bunch of, you got the fastest dudes on the team running at you full speed up the field. You got to kind of look at them and you know see where the ball is punted. Um, you got you got to see you know should you should you fair catch it or not? It's the bus going through your head, bro. If you ain't built for that shit, you almost you almost gotta like. We're gonna, I'm gonna ask Brandon James when he get on here, but you almost gotta not look at the people running at you. Just mm-hmm. like concentrate on the ball. Like you just gotta have some yeah. balls to just catch that bitch to make something happen, bro. Oh, you look. There's down. no way you can do both. Yeah, you you, you can. I used to catch the bitches. You can, bro. You yeah, got to that ball when that ball get a certain spot in the sky. There's no way you, yeah, can, you can't you can drop you can't. that bitch, bro. Man, you got to oh, man. I, bro, Brandon James is the only one, like, you know how you catch it, like, like you, like, you cuff it, and, like, you catch it? Like, B. Man, James, more, he used to catch all more. his punts and kicks, like, uh, like with his hands. Like, he ain't bringing it to his body at all. Like, how the hell you catch all punts like that, bro? We're going to find out, man. Let's get my man Brandon James on here, man. Y'all ready? All ready. 
You have now arrived at Stadium Engel. First time on the show, we got a legend. One of the best to ever do it. Kick with turning in the swamp. Reckless. Quick. On his feet. My man, Brandon James. How's it going, baby? How you doing, fellas, man? Glad to join you guys this afternoon. We hanging out, man. We hanging out. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on, my brother. So, yeah, so BJ, what, what you what you been up to, man? Tell the people what you you know what you got going on these days, and uh, uh, just coaching and training, man. Um, got my own little training uh, business going where I train kids in, in the ages from uh, pretty much about eight to high school, college age kids. Um, and then uh, recently this year, I went back out to my high school and uh, doing some football coaching there. Got the running backs and uh, trying to help make an impact on this. Uh, on this generation of kids, man, um, you know, this type of generation, this uh, social media age, they're growing up in there a lot different. So, man, as much as I could be around them and kind of just give as much knowledge I can back to them, I try to do that. Definitely, definitely, you know, because, you know, um, these kids don't know what they don't know. So we, it's our job to teach them. And, and when we sit around and, and see a kid um, acting, act you know, out of, out, of the, out of the ordinary or doing something he's not supposed to be doing, and we want to, you know, try to look around and try to point the finger to blame. We got to blame our own selves because we're not teaching the, the next generation. Exactly. Exactly. And with me and especially yourself, too, uh, Black, being not too far removed and growing up how we grew up, you know what I mean? It's kind of like our duty, man, when you see kids that have the potential or maybe not even have the potential or sports wise, but just have the potential to succeed in life, to kind of not give them a heads up on what they may be facing or what they're getting themselves into is kind of, you know what I mean? I, I feel like it's a, uh, a a point to where guys like us who kind of been blessed to see to some of the things we have, it's our, kind of our duty to kind of step in and do that kind of stuff. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Hey, man, so, you know, uh, let's talk about some Gator, some Gator ball, man. You know, uh, we talked about you, one of the best to ever do it. I was just bragging on you, uh, telling the boys how you used to catch punts. You, catch, you know, always catch the ball with your hands, man. Uh, talk talk about what it meant to be a Gator, and, and talk about what it what it meant to you know run out that tunnel, man, and and uh you know catch a punt, you know saying plant, you know say Francis playing Tennessee or, or or Miami or say what if, what is the feeling? Um, well, the, your first question of being a Gator, man, it was a it was pretty much a privilege and an honor, man. You know, and I again I'm always equate things back to me and you, Black, because we were similar, um, not highly recruited, uh. Went to school with some guys who were kind of uh, recruited a little bit high, a little bit higher than us, but we had to kind of make our mark. So when uh, you know you get a school from the state of Florida calling uh, University of Florida was my only big besides Florida, uh, Florida, Florida State, Miami. Uh, Florida was my only offer out of the big three. So to be able to attend University of Florida playing the SEC, man, you know it's something I will uh, take to my grave as one of the biggest blessings of my life. Um, and you know to be able to run out that tunnel, man, and the best, the best, uh, easily the best stadium in college football. I mean, there's like no other. I spent you know not long in the league, but long enough to know there's no stadium like that stadium in uh in sports period. So you know, and just to be able to stand back there and return punts, man. I used to pride myself on uh, early on knowing that was going to be my way to get on the field. So I say, hell, when I'm out here, you know, I'm gonna do everything in my power to make sure Coach Meyer don't take me back off. So. I, I I tried to do that from the first time I stepped on the field, and it kind of just after that after those first sets of returns, 
it kind of just carried on with me through my career. Brandon, how did the conversation with Urban Meyer go when he when he called you and tell you uh and gave you an offer to the University of Florida? Um, it was really just one of those things where he's just like, hey, you know, because they were recruiting me, but they were really big on my uh, half brother Jacquez Rickerson, and uh, he had already had an offer. He had been to a camp, so they're like, hey, you know, we've been recruiting you, so now we're gonna go ahead and offer you. And uh, it was a situation where I wasn't really too high on um. University of Florida. You know, I know Tebow was leaning there. Uh, my brother was leaning there. We got another buddy, Jamar Hornsby, who's from Jacksonville. He was leaning there. Yeah. But I was totally going left field with mine. So even after he kind of offered, it didn't really hit because I was so caught up in what I wanted to do uh, recruiting-wise for myself. But then, you know, when you sit back and you watch, like, Percy Harvin, then you see Brandon Spikes, and you see Tebow commit, I've been winning. I, like, I'm a sore loser. I've been competing and winning my whole life. So it's like, okay, do you want to go somewhere and kind of be the man and worry about your own numbers and your stats, or do you want to go somewhere and continue to win? So it was a no-brainer once the domino effects are falling the way it did. Who was who would have been that other choice if it wasn't Florida? Who who, who was you feeling? Just curious. Uh, I was really big on Wake Forest and uh, Louisville. And okay. again, just because of just because of the simple fact that. I had always seen myself of being a smaller guy. I knew I could play Division One, but I, I knew my uh, height and all that stuff was going to come into an, uh, 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 come into effect when it was time to go to bigger D1s and going up against competition. So I, I felt like if I set myself up to go to a school that was just dead right, deadly in love with me, wanted me just as bad as Florida wanted Percy Harvin, then I set myself up in a position to where I was going to not only just be a punt returner, I would have a chance to get on the field and do other things. But, you know, the competitive side in me came out and, you know, ended up going to Florida, competed, got the playoff in, scored touchdowns, catching passes, running the ball, punts and kickoff returns. So it all worked out for the best, but that was my mindset during the recruiting process. And, and, and Brandon, what, what's the difference between returning a kick and returning a punt in terms of mindset? Um, I just think the punt, the kickoff return game, you have to be a lot more north and south immediately. Um, you There is no dancing. The minute you slow down and try to dance a little bit, it takes a very special guy in a kickoff return to kind of dance and play around and then hit it and still take it to the house, especially in SEC. Um, so it's truly you get the ball, you hit down north and south, one cut and go. Um, and the difference with punt returns, you can kind of set your guys up a little bit. Now you still want to get north and south with a punt return, but do you have a little room for error where you can kind of make a guy miss here or there, uh, uh, you know, dance around a little bit and then kind of get going upfield? Um, but I would say that's the biggest difference to me. Um, so that's how I always approach each one of them. So when you're – so I guess this is kind of a, a two-part question then. So when you're returning a kick and, and the ball is coming through the air and the, the blockers are starting to set – uh, what they're going to do, how quickly do you decide which direction you're going to immediately take? Or on special teams, are you told to follow, you know, an immediate blocker? Or, or how does that that whole play work out before you catch the ball and then once you catch the ball? I guess take us through kind of that whole process. You said on kick return, correct? Yeah, yeah on kick return. Well, on kick return, majority of the time we would go – with what side the return is being called to. So we would say, you know, I forget the exact terms we called it, but it would be a right or a left call. It'd so be, be like tag, tag, cat left. Or yeah. something like that. Remember? So, yeah. yeah. So initially, 
you would start off going to the left. Now, what I always like to say was, okay, I'm going that way until I see something of color that immediately makes me change directions. Now, if there's something where I can't avoid him and still get in that lane, then I got to go the opposite way and abort, abort the the uh, play call or whatever the case may be. But until then, I'm aiming at the side the play was originally called to to go. Okay, and then what about what about punt return? So obviously, there's probably a direction that you want to go uh, that you can probably find out pretty quickly once once the punts off and the blockers start to either you know either shed their block or they've got a, a good hold on them. Uh, what what goes through your mind, or what are the first things that you're looking at when you uh, when you catch a punt? Well, the punt return is a lot different because, um, at least at the University of Florida, we always did like a middle return where we tried to fan everyone out, and I could immediately get north and south. But at the same time, once the balls kicked, the balls, you know, uh, after my freshman year, they did a lot of directional punting and tried to aim it to the sideline and all that stuff there. So it was always tougher. So to be honest with you, man, I would just catch the ball and just go, react off instincts. You know what I mean? I would never try to, oh, let me try to get to the right or try to get to the left. I would literally catch the ball, make the first couple guys miss, and just try to get downhill and just try to gain as much yardage as possible. So there was never a time I was catching the ball trying to get to a certain sideline or trying to get here there. It was just, hey, backyard football, the ball's in my hands now. I can't let anybody get me down pretty much. Now, when the ball's in – when the ball, we're quick. When the ball's in there, we was having this conversation before you got on. When the ball's yeah. in the air, are you watching the defender in the ball as you catch it? Like, how do you? Like, what's your your thought process there? Like, what am I? Because you like you catch that bitch and somebody be right on your ass. So you I'm know, trying to figure yeah. out like how you have the balls so, to do so, that. You because you glance. I was trying to tell them, bro. Right before that bitch come, you 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 watching the ball, but you glance at them just to know, get a feel for where they at, bro. And you and you got to glance at them to know if you're gonna fair catch that bitch or not. It's just a tad, man. Well, this motherfucker ain't fair catch. But <laughs> like, I always, I, I, always try, I, I always try to myself on the ball's kick. I take once it's kicked, I'm not even looking at the ball. I, I'm looking for how good the corners release off of. I mean, how good the receivers release off of the corners. If they got a good clean release, I know I don't have much time. So once I see that. Then my back, my eyes are back up, locked on the ball. Now, how the ball is hanging, I can kind of dictate if they should be down here or not. And then one of the biggest things is like the fair catch thing you just said. I always tell guys this. If the ball's up in the air for a long time, all right, so if Black's coming down, he's trying to take a shot on me. Well, if the ball's in the air, he has to now sit and wait on me catch the ball. How hard of a shot can he get on me by sitting there flat-footed in That's front of true. me? And if I catch the ball, he, he can't get a kill shot. Compared to if he's running, he catches me. Full speed while he's in a full tilt run, but once he's broken down and he's just sitting in front of me waiting on me to catch the ball, he can't kill me. So when it, it, you can watch any film of us in that scenario, ten times out of ten, I'm still catching and trying to go. Um, it's just the ones where a guy was timing them up exactly when I'm catching it. Those are the tough ones to deal with. But at the same time, with my ability, I always knew even if he was coming full speed, I could side step him and still go. So I always once his kick, my eyes are up on the ball. Right when I'm like like Black is saying, right when I'm cradling it, about to catch it, I might take a peek, but I really just hey, it is what it is at that point. And again, man, I was at the University of Florida. You got Percy, you got Aaron Hernandez, you got Tebow, you got uh, uh, Riley Cooper, Lewis Murphy. Like when I stepped on the field, I was like, shit, I got to make a play, or I might not get the ball for the rest of the game. So nine times out of ten, I wasn't thinking about fair catching nothing. I got you. All right, so out of, out of all your returns. Which one was your favorite one? 
Uh, I would say the Tennessee my junior year. Um, the Tennessee punt return my junior year. Yep. I had a lot of returns called back. So, like I tell guys when I talk at home, I was like, shit, I count all my returns because I, they actually happened. So, that I'll Tennessee one, because <laughs> <laughs> it actually happened, like, the whole, half of the holders were out of the place. So, I don't, I even, saying, I don't even consider them holding. I would <laughs> I would lead the league. I would lead college football in returns if all my shit counted, but that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget that game against Tennessee. I was there. That was the one in Knoxville, right? Yeah. 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 I'll never forget that game. It was so hot that day, and I probably had the very last seat in the stadium. Uh, but that place was electric because I think the score was like because they were real confident. We beat their ass the year before but they were real confident going into that year and i think it was like 21 to nothing at the end of the first quarter and just the, the look of demoralization on all of their faces it's the greatest thing in the world they kept fumbling they, 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 that's when they was getting down to the damn in, yeah. in the rest and fumbling that shit arian foster fumbled and then i think that's uh, one huh but, no i was gonna say that's one return in my lifetime where i felt like i was like just back there dancing for so long but then you look at it on film and it's like a couple cuts and then go so that's one of the ones, man, that, that, that's big in my eyes. I don't think a lot of people know either. that On that return, too, we had designed it to where it was it was B. James and Percy right there at Portland Turn. Yeah. Hey, so, Black. And the, and, and, and the thing is, too, Percy had to told me, like, bro, I'm not catching no plant, so you're going to get it. Because <laughs> Percy was a kick returner. He wasn't a punt returner. He was a kick returner. So we going back there, he like, B. This shit, that shit, sure is like I'm not trying to catch that. You know what I mean? So it was, man, you know, it was like it was never a dull moment with that cat. Hey, all right. So I, I guess it, I, you kind of answered my next question. Um, and, you know, uh, we, we used to get in the in the in the film room the next day after games and just laugh our ass off. Who was the who was the the best team, the easiest team, the trashest team on special teams that we used to play? The worst. Yeah, yeah the worst one. I would, gotta be Tennessee. Special, te- special teams wise, I would probably say Tennessee. I would say so, Tennessee um, because we always man. had we always had something uh, in the in, in, on kickoff return or punt return, and I mean it, it, the same thing would go for like kickoff and all that stuff too. We was always, you know what I mean, um, right on top of them. So I would definitely say probably say Tennessee, especially the team like the SEC team we went against Kentucky right. too. Though they were terrible. Yeah, they were terrible. 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 I'm gonna tell y'all something. Y'all can go back and look. I think it was, I think it was the punt return we're talking about. Uh, Brandon James, uh, 2008 uh, Tennessee punt return. We had a walk on, right? Right. Uh, Blackett, 54. He blocked the yeah. dude 16 seconds on one play. Yeah. How the hell yeah. somebody blocked you for 16 seconds? In one- <laughs> Seconds. I don't even know the play went on that long. Bro, you're talking about the whistle's blown. The extra points already been kicked, and he's still blocking. Hey, get a room. The dude he's talking about. No, the dude you're talking about, he'll run through a brick wall, too. Bro, I'm telling you, bro. All right, so we had had a dude named uh, one named Blackett and one named DeVoe on our team. Both walk-ons. And bro, teams used to try to like, you know how you had like one one uh personal protector for uh for the punt. All right, we used to smash him and block the punt. Then teams started putting three dudes in front of the punter, right? All right, put three dudes in front of the punter. We were saying Blackett and DeVoe in there to smash them and send Dunlap over the top. 
Block it every like, time. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm, them dudes right there, brother, get you hyped because they ain't have really no too much value that people could see. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? To the team, they were very, very, very valuable, bro. They had a lot of weight around in, in, in our facility, and I think that's what we need to have this year, man. We, we need a contribution for, from everybody, not just the ones we already know. You know what I'm saying? I, I think Emory gonna play a good uh, a, a good role this year. I think Damian Pierce like and, and everybody everybody behind, you know all the, the running back by committee behind P Ryan. I already know the wide receivers gonna gonna take you know do that thing. It's gonna be the players that we don't really know about that's gonna have to step up on special teams. You know, in the kicking game, that that's what we we need to happen. Brandon, quick question, man. Yes, what's sir. your feel? What's your feel on on on? I mean, you seen what what we went through after after y'all era went down um, after that rain. It kind of got a little ugly, got a little muggy. Dan Muller yes, got sir. some fresh air in here. How you feeling about what Dan Muller doing in, in, in the season we got coming I mean, forward? Dan, Muller, Dan, Dan Muller is a product of, you know what I mean, the Urban Meyer culture and the things we did and being back around there. Soon, like, because I, I had been there for Much Champ to McElwain, just coming back around to games and stuff like that. As soon as Muller stepped back in the building, it immediately feels like, you know what I mean, those days again. Players are being pushed like, you know what I mean, like we were in those days. And I only, I only can expect, you know what I mean, better because I, that's what I, you know what I mean, I, that's what we were held to. That's what he's holding those guys to. And, I mean, they're working. You can see just from six months or how much of a time from Michael Wayne left until Mullen came in with the new strength coach and all that stuff there, how different the kids' bodies looked. And then the season we had, the season Felipe had, the fact that Felipe went from – Whatever season with Michael Wayne to almost throwing what thirty touchdowns, twenty something. So, I mean, I think we'll be good, man. I, I think, and the thing about Black, I'm surprised he didn't say this. I think our key thing is this secondary. If we get a safe safety or two to step up, mm-hmm. um, I think we'll be fine, man. I, I I think we can beat Georgia and do whatever we need to do this year. Actually, just Ooh, how, that, that's how much talk. I believe. That's, that's how much I believe in Mullen, though. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Already, I, already. I, I think we have the personnel. And his coaching could put us over, you know what I mean, a little bit over some deficiencies we may have. Hey man, I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. I kind of want to tackle some shit right now. You got you got me a little excited, but that's the over, that's the overall energy right now, man. Um, there's a lot of false bravado every offseason from us. We was hoping we had something. We was we was hoping we had a quarterback. We was hoping we finally got a real offense to move the ball. And it never did happen. This year, like, after what I seen last year and knowing where we came from, like, I'm I'm confident in Dan Mullen, bro. I don't know, you know what I'm saying, like, with how the safety is going to play, everything going to work out as far as injury-wise. But mm-hmm. with what we got is starting that, our starting That's 22, another key. Yeah, we got to yeah. stay healthy. Our starting that's 22, another key. Man, I won't lie with anybody, but we're probably Clemson or Bama. Anybody else, dog, they get it. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah, real confident. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. The biggest thing, like you said, our health because – Defensively, uh, depth wise, I don't know if we have enough to hold up with us. But shit, Bama didn't last year. Bama had got injured and they look different. So at the same time, you know what I mean? I think it works both ways. But like Black said too, I like Emory too, man. We got to involve Emory at some capacity, man, because that kid's going to be, he's going to be special. And we. Aspect to the game, dog. I'm telling you. We, we, we ain't got time to just keep letting him, you know what I mean? The kid's going to other places, man. We can't let him go nowhere. Like I like Felipe. But at the same time, I think Felipe is a product of Dan Mullen. Felipe is not going to be, you know what I mean? And I love him to death. I love what he, you know what I mean, bring to the school, what he bring to the uh, program. But 
Yeah, I think. I think we see. You see this. I think we see Emory week one. You know what I'm saying? That's just me. I think before the blowout. You know what I'm saying? Before we blow Miami out, you're gonna see Emory just like we did in the Georgia game. You know, he's throwing the ball a lot better than he was too. I think that should be an aspect to the game every week, man. It's just something different, you know. I'm not saying play play two quarterbacks all the time. I'm not saying that, you know. But you you know we have certain packages, certain situations in the game. You know, even with, even with Tony, shit, Tony mm-hmm. can throw the ball too. You know, Kadarius get in there. Um, and, you know, just all that bring different aspects. I don't think you guys understand um, what what that hey. that will make fans feel like in, in, in trying to game plan that shit. Absolutely. Can, can we can we say something on the L right now? Let's go. Man, say what you want. We hanging yeah. out. Shit. Yeah. Can, can they can they please stop comparing Tony to Percy Harvin, please? You know what I mean? I know he got <laughs> uh, yeah. all that now, but when people say that, that, man, I. It's not even I just, call, I just call it a role. I just call it a role. He nobody's ever gonna be Percy. I, I promise you that. He, he, but it's he, just he, a position. He, he's he, he, can't even play, he can't even play the role, you know what I'm saying? Like if he was <laughs> acting for him, he can't do that. Boy, I'm telling you. Just, I, I, I don't think everybody realizes how big Percy Harvin was, uh how fast he know. was. Dude, dude, the guy was an unbelievable athlete. I mean, you know, people always talk about like, who's that one athlete that you wish you could have seen healthy their entire career to see what they could have done. I mean, Tebow doesn't win a Heisman. You know, we don't win a national championship without him. And that guy, I mean, he could have been an all-pro or uh, NFL player, too. Um, it sucks that he got injured, but that guy is probably the best athlete I've ever seen in my life. Think, think about this. This is, this is scary. Think about this shit, B.J. You ready? If Pete yeah. come back the next year, right? We win it again easy. Don't win that shit again easily, right? Well, easy. We got too much going on, but we definitely win it again. Yeah, we're going to win it again easily. Yeah, that's too much talent not to. That's, that's yeah. all it was missing is something to attack the edge. Like, Percy, Percy was special, bro. Like, you can't do His first step was just re- retarded. Like, he would kill angles. Like, dog, they had the biggest angles on him. He run right through the, that shit. The dude is easily, in my opinion, and I've been watching college football all my life. At the University of Florida, if he's not the top two or three best player ever to play there, um, I don't know what argument we arguing about. There's no argument. There's no argument. If you're only going to name two old school guys, then I'm going to argue down that he's better than them probably. And that's yeah. anybody that came through there. I'm telling you. I, I'm, I'm telling you from, from – I'll be 31 this year. There's been some great dudes. Um, but he, he do what they do and more. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so he, he he more versatile than a lot than a lot a lot of. Hey days. Brandon, who is your favorite punt returner? Uh, Dion and probably Peter Ward. Nice, that ain't a bad yeah, combo. Florida, Both from Florida, Florida State. Yeah, I was a Florida State fan growing up, man. Yeah, we robbed him. So, I like that. We got the pounces in. We got you. Yeah, and we got a mod too. And we got a mod. Everybody, I grew up liking that dipshit too. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna tell y'all right now, man. Black is one of the few cats, man, that you know what I mean, because they're Europe under us. But to see what he went through and see what he came out of and what he turned into, man, and how he represented, I got too much respect for little bro because they put him through pure D hell when we first came out to Florida. When he first came to Florida, that shit used to be so funny. Wow. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you yeah, a story. Like so, I'm gonna tell you, I, I got a story for you. So we, so we were just talking about this. Um, I, I was talking to BT uh, like two days ago. Uh, Brian Thomas, um, that used to yeah. play. Safety. So mm-hmm. we sitting in the film room, right? And it and it, it was one of the days where we had safeties and corners combined. So it was my freshman year, and and 
I, I went in the well. First of all, before I start this, I went in the uh, coach's office one time, and I saw it was like Joe Hayden at the starting corner had his name up there, and then I think it was like uh, uh, Deuce. Uh, what's the running back name we used to have? Uh, Marcus Manson. Yeah, Marcus Manson. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that. It was somebody else. I forgot at three, and then instead of me being at four, it was a space. And then had my name, bro. <laughs> right. So I ain't never say nothing about that shit. So a couple weeks later, we get in the, we get in the film room, or whatever. And you know, we all in there. We dog ass tired. You know what I'm saying? We had just came, I think, from like practice or something, man. We was in camp or something like that. And you know, somebody I think Tony joined us. One of the, one of the older guys, or Kyle, was like, "Hey, man, I'm thirsty, man. Hey, hey Coach Heater, we got any Gatorades in here?" Coach Heater looked over at me, bro, and said, "Hey, am I? Hey, go go get us everybody some Gatorade." And looked back at the screen like he ain't. No. Said, Bro, he said the shit. Looked at me and then looked back at the screen like he ain't said. Like, bro, you know what the hell you just said, bro? Go get everybody some Gatorade. Man, come on, you, now you, you done took it too far. Now, now you took it too far. Hey, I'm talking about they used to rag on me. Like, I thought they was trying to break me, but eventually, you know, just trying to see where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? And I, and, and I, I said all the time, like my freshman year was tough. That shit was tough as hell. You know, and and and, and to bounce back from that shit, you know, coming off that kind of freshman year to the kind of sophomore year I had. To lead the whole nation in interceptions, that shit was kind of unexpected. That shit was crazy. Yeah, it was. It was. I respect you for that. Yeah, so I'm man, give me, give, give me, hey, hey, give me, uh, give me a good, a, a, a funny a locker room story that nobody probably won't know. Nothing, nothing controversial, just something funny. We get you up out of here, dog. I won't hold you up too long. Well, black, black. I don't know if black remember this one or not, but black know me enough to know. Um, when we were at Florida, man, I used to, especially once my junior and senior year came around, you know what I mean? I used to joke and play. We used to have a good time, whatever the case may be. So I remember one uh, specific time we were in uh, tour days, and we used to have to walk throughs at night, and um, I used to steal everybody's Gatorade. Like, they used to put the Gatorades in their locker. <laughs> like, when you come from practice, like, I would take everybody's Gatorade and put them in a backpack or whatever. I had to take everybody's shit. <laughs> one particular, like, so much, it bro. got to a point where people was knowing it was me, but they never seen me taking them. So <laughs> it, it, it was a dude, um, black no Troy Elks. It was a dude, yeah, yeah, D line, right? <laughs> yeah, his uh, I had like I had took his Gatorade and either I had drunk some or some shit and put it back. I did something, so he he found out it was me, so he wanted to fight or whatever. Now. He know Troy. Troy was like a wrestling champ or something crazy. Um, in in high school, and he's a D lineman. Like he only he about five ten, whatever. But he big muscular dude. And you know I'm whatever I am. So uh, he comes in, he runs up on me, whatever, whatever. So now me knowing Troy, I was like, shit, I can't wrestle with him. So like I'm and knowing I'm not gonna fight him for too long anyway because we finna. But they hopefully they break it up anyway to do the wrestling champ. <laughs> Anyway, man, he swings, he swings, he swings. I go up under him, dumb decision, thinking, just saying the whole time, I don't want to wrestle. I'm trying to pick him up. <laughs> Luckily, as soon as I go to try to pick him up, realizing I can't pick him up, they break the fight up. It was funny. It was a whole big thing, man. We laughed it off. But we was at the middle of the gate ahead, man. It was so, it, it was crazy, man. But again, man, that's just the type of stuff we used to do. And the, you know what I mean? The, crazy, you know what I mean, camaraderie we had. And I tell anybody anytime, man, football, of course, you missed it. I mean, we we created so many good memories. It's like you don't want to relive or miss anything, like, because it was what it was. But you always miss your brotherhood and the, the, the camaraderie you had with your teammates, man. 
class and, and workouts and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we just have I, a good time, man. I often tell people, you know, after a long workout or a practice, we you know, we didn't have too much social media, you know, all of that. So we used to spend a whole nother, you know, extra hour or two just in the, in the locker room shooting the shit and just having fun. Uh, you yeah. Know, we made it with each other, man. It's just it's just unbelievable. And I, I think what, what's cool, man, is Urban Meyer used to always tell us, um, you know, th th these are great memories and we're going to one day look back and want to, you know, want to have good memories. So I think we, we kind of like lived in the moment. He's always at, tell us to live in the moment. And I think we, a lot yeah. of that, you know, uh, you know we, we understood that that was a time that, uh, of our lives that, you know, we'll never get back. So I think we took we, we, we took advantage of it, man. And I, I had a great time. You know, it, it's, it's nothing better than being a Gator. Nah, definitely not. Yeah, we're gonna win the East this year too, though. Already, that, that's out, first quarter. I don't let me say that. Uh, so we're gonna lose. We ain't so, gonna lose more than one or two games in the East. Say, say less. So we we finna let you go, bro. And you know do your thing, but we we need one more thing from you, man. We need a score prediction, Miami game. The actual score, I can tell you how much we're gonna win by. That'll I'm, do. That'll do. We win. We win by. We win by more than. Uh, 14, 17, it's gonna be good defense. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think you know it's the first game of offense. You know, you got to get the first game jitters out, and you know you got to get the kicks out. No jitters though, offensively. You know what I'm saying? Everybody coming. We got everybody coming back. Mm -hmm. We shake you a little they, bit. They, they, no? they should be ready to go. The O line. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I know. I know. We know Heavens gonna get them right. I know Heavens gonna get them right. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind. Heavens. Man, they they sounding confident every time. Like I look from reading these clips, these interviews. I'm checking them out. Um, and from Heavis is a straightforward guy. If he if there was some issues, he's gonna say, Yeah, that's a little clunky. We have to move some guys around. Man, they sound Man, confident. They, all of them Mullen saying the same thing. We're healthy. We need I to feel come great. out so deep. First play of the game. I don't Child, care what we do. I, I ain't yeah. mad. I mean, I ain't mad at some play action first. I mean, everybody know Mullen wanna run the ball. So I ain't mad at some yeah. some some play action throw deep on them. That's secondary pie, bro. I ain't scared of none of that back there. Shout out no. to Gervin Hall. He's from the crib, but I ain't, man, none of that scared me back there, bro. Yeah, that's shit all recreational. All that shit back there, recreational. Niggas ain't, 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 them boys ain't going out there getting, playing, attacking no ball. That's, that, that, that's why MCA lead back there, man. Appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us, though, Brandon. Appreciate yes, it. sir, man. Always, man. All right, man. Hold it down. Go Gators. All right, go, go Gators. In honor of bringing on another punter, as my boy Silk would say, let's kick it with our boy, Eric Wilbur. That's right. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And joining us for the first time on Stadium Gale, we have SEC Academic Honor Roll. And semifinals for the Red Guy Award, Eric Wilbur. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Good. You, you're Good. the first person GPA got put on here, bro. Yeah. 
<laughs> As a high IQ guy, exceptionally fast, gritty guy. Oh man, Eric, we're talking about punters and kickers uh, this week. Um, talk to us about what you know about uh, about Tommy Townsend, and, and just give us your uh, your view on uh, the folks Florida has on special teams this year. Man, so uh, I've actually known Tommy for a long time. I, I coached um, or, or worked with him and Johnny when they were in high school um, through some, some family friends and everything. So uh, I've, I've known the Townsends for a long time, and they're fantastic. Um, you know, Johnny is, is a great punter, but I think Tommy and myself are a little more alike than me and Johnny as far as our mentalities go. Um, I, I'm sure Ahmad can fill you in a little bit about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, Tom, Tommy, uh, Tommy's got a great leg. He's just got to make sure he keeps his head on his shoulders. Um, and I think he's going to be great. Well, what do you mean? Keep his head on his shoulders. So, you know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so Tommy and I, we were a little hotheaded. Um, you know, we both played uh, safety in high school and we like hitting people and sticking our heads where it doesn't belong. Mm. Um, so we get fired up and we get antsy, you know, getting to the moment of the game and stuff. But as a kicker and a punter, you gotta, you, you gotta kind of keep your cool about yourself and make sure that you have steady hands and you're really focused. So, you know, you can get hyped up in the game, but you got to make sure that you can compartmentalize. So when you go out to kick, you know, everything is focused on that football and that's all that matters. Um, you know, it took me a long time to learn that. Uh, but once I did, it really helped. So, you know, I, I think he's done a fantastic job so far. But you just got to make sure having that kind of mentality that you're able to refocus when it's your time to go, you know, go perform. All right. Well, let me ask you a question. Then you're you're drafting a team and you need to pick a safety. Are you picking Tommy Townsend or are you picking Ahmad Black? Oh, 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 man. Let me see. I mean, I guess you can pick I'll yourself too. I'm I'm I'll pick Ahmad. I'll pick a modest free safety. I'll pick. I'll pick Tommy is strong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I should like that because you put me at free safety. That means I gotta. I gotta. Gotta run all the way across the field. And everybody know my forty time wasn't the fastest. Yeah. So are you sure? Hey, are you it, sure? It's not so much about your forty. You know, it's about the. It's about the shuttle. I think you got a good shuttle, so we're, we'll be all right. Ah, <laughs> right, say less. I like that. Mm. So, Eric, uh, talk to us about Florida. I mean, obviously you were there uh, and you ended your career at the national championship under Urban Meyer, but you committed and played for, uh, for Ron Zook for a couple of years. Uh, talk to me about what it was like to work. Uh, or to, to... Ron Zook was obviously a, a special teams mastermind. He, he's probably one of the best known special teams guys in the game. And then you have Urban Meyer, who was also known for special teams. So what was it like to, to play under both uh, of those two guys? Oh, it was night and day. It was um, two completely different worlds. You know, Coach Zook, he put a strong emphasis on special teams, but he was very traditional on what he did. But, you know, it was, you know, standard lineup, kind of the NFL lineup. You just kick the ball downfield. You go down and cover. The best players make plays. Um, where Meyer came in, and it was a lot about the scheme. Um, you know, how you're lining up. He brought that spread punt formation in and everything. And he really tried to create the advantage as opposed to just saying we're better than you and we're going to take advantage. Um, so it was, it was different watching the two, but they were both the same as far as how they kind of treated their kickers and punters. It was, I, I feel like very, uh, we'll call it hardcore for kickers mentality, I guess. 
um, you know, do your damn job. That was it. You know, yeah. go up, watch film, do your job, and that's what you need to do. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's no excuses or anything. If you don't like it, we'll just go to the next guy. Um, so if you weren't mentally tough, you could not be, you know, on his special teams, especially the punt team. And, and what's it? What's it like to be a, a kicker or punter out there at practice? Um, you know, obviously when when we watch practice or when practice gets reported on, they never really talk about kickers and punters because they're usually off, you know, on the the far side of the field. Uh, you guys aren't participating in a lot of those drills. So what is it like? How do you keep yourself active? Uh, how, and, and I guess a better question is, and this may be a, a weird question to ask, but how do you keep yourself from, from getting bored? <laughs> um, well, you know, we're, we make up stupid little games is how we, uh, you know, uh, try to not be bored. You know, I, I created punt golf. I don't know if I created it, but we played punt golf where, you know, you punt the ball and you have little holes and you play, you know, six, seven, eight holes of golf. And, mm. you know, you learn how to manipulate the ball and hit spirals and, and do all this kind of stuff. But the problem with doing that is everyone else watches what you're doing. And all they say is these kickers just dick around all practice. Yeah. So I kind of wish, I kind of wish there was like a bullpen we could go into that no one could see what we're doing because I, I equate the kickers and punters to being like pitchers. You know, we can't go out and throw, you know, 300 pitches every practice, just like I can't kick 300 mm -hmm. balls every practice. It's, it's going to kill me. It's very specialized. So I have my routine that I go out, I hit so many balls, and then my day is done. But if I'm just standing there, everyone says I do nothing. But then if I start <laughs> kicking more, I'm overworking myself, and I'm not going to be good for the team. So you kind of walk this balance. Yeah. Um, so you know, half the time I was like, listen, let me do my job, and then let me get off the field so yeah. you guys don't hate me. Like, is that cool? Can we do that? And the both coaches, Meyer and Zucker, are like, no, you have to be out here. You're a part of this team. You're going to be on the field. I was like, all right, fine. You're going to see me dick around a lot, but I hope you appreciate it. Dude, I had no <laughs> idea that, that punters and kickers were so misunderstood. I did. Absolutely. When I was there, man, they always stuck us right next to the linemen on the third field. So the linemen are literally going to war every day on each other in practice, and we're sitting there <laughs> playing football and like, you know, playing dodgeball and shit like that. Like they're just like my fucking kickers, man. Hey, uh, so, so, hey, Eric, enlighten everybody on how intense Urban Meyer's punt meetings were. Oh, punt was it? That was it. Was uh, if you were on punt team, you were golden. Like you were the the yeah. crowd, man. You got to eat first. You got to do everything first. You got to skip running. Like that was it. But if you got kicked off a of punt team, it was game over. Um, but that's why he was so intense. The second you walked in, it was, you know, you're, you're in game mode, you're in film mode. You better be paying attention. You get called out left and right and you better be on your game and punt team meetings are only 15, 20 minutes long. So you better stay sharp for that short amount of time because if you get called on and you're not ready, you're off the team. And if you're off punt team, oh you're, you're, God. you're second. Uh, Eric, Eric didn't tell you, you guys that he had to walk around with an orange dot. Talk about the block spot. <laughs> So the bringing back memories, huh? <laughs> man, oh, man. So that was very important to Meyer. Is you had to hit that block spot. I don't care what was going on, where the ball was snapped or what. You better, your foot better be on that block spot because that's how his scheme was designed. The entire formation and motion and everything was designed around that one spot. And if you didn't hit that spot, it made it so much easier for the other team to block the punt. Um, so we had this orange dot that every practice, when it was punt team ready, the 
first thing Meyer said was, where's the block spot? And you have to grab this orange dot and set it where the block spot is. And if it was two inches off, he's like staring at you and you're like, oh shit. All right, something's off here. Let me figure out what it is real quick. And you go, you better figure it out quick and put it where it goes. Eric. Hey, Eric. Oh, go ahead. So, Eric, what yeah. was the pecking order? Where, where were kickers at where, on the pecking order of like the nightlife with the woman? <laughs> Uh, what, what do you mean? Was it like, do you want names or do you want kickers, punters, or do you want like quarterbacks, kickers, punters? No, or I'm saying where like, you, did you know, like, did, what kind of love y'all got on campus? Yeah, like you walk up oh. to a girl at the bar and you say you're on the football team and she's like, oh, what position do you play? And you're like, I'm the punter. What's the reaction? Yeah. Man, honestly, I thought it was pretty good. Well, I, it, it, I didn't throw it out like that. I was kind of like the hang back <laughs> and chill. And if they come up to me and talk, that's great. Um, but man, I was the one I'm out, you know, hanging out with all the linemen and everything. So I'm just the average size white kid hanging out with all these <laughs> and people are looking at me like I'm crazy. And then, you know, they figure out that I'm playing on the team and stuff. So it's either I'm really dumb or I'm really crazy hanging out with all these guys out at clubs and stuff. So it, it worked out for me pretty well. I see you play uh professional ball. You played in Canada and the pros, uh, different cities. What, which one was your favorite city to live in? Um, to tell you the truth, man, it was Hamilton, Ontario in Canada was amazing. So, you know, I bounced around the NFL for a few years and then I got offered this contract to go play in Canada. I go, I show up and I'm walking into what I feel like is like my high school locker room. I was like, what did I just sign myself up for? <laughs> I don't know what yeah, oh, shit. It, was, it was like five of the season. So I'm getting thrown in. Like I signed Thursday, practice Friday, game Saturday, getting thrown into it. Um, but when I walked out on game day, there's, you know, 40,000 people, there's Gator fans there. It was slammed. It was awesome. The, the atmosphere was just so football oriented that I loved it up there. Um, and I love the fact that there was really nothing else around until hockey season rolled around then and no one cared about the football, you know, up there. Um, but the, the game was different. The intensity was a little different. I liked uh, just personally, I think the Canadian football game is more entertaining to watch than the NFL game. Just the rules that are behind it, the way it's spread, the scoring, the clock rules, all that different type of stuff. Hmm. Um, you know, I really, I really thought that was fantastic. And I love the way the fans embraced everyone, whether you were a Canadian or not. So you like the 12 men on the field, right? Is that, that's what they do? Or, uh... 12 men on the field, listen, man, hey, I'm a punter. I like punting on third down. So there's a lot more involved. In <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so it, it worked out. It was, it was fun, man. I liked it. Hey, Eric, uh, just because I, I have you on and this was a conversation that I was having with some friends this weekend, what is it like to be traded? I saw that you were traded from what, Edmonton to Winnipeg. What is that call like? What's that feeling like? I mean, it looks like it was during the offseason, but what's it like to get traded? So being traded, and this is another thing I really liked about Canada versus the NFL, um, being traded or being cut in Canada is much more personable. They, they call you, they talk to you, they kind of like literally coach you through, hey, here's what happened, here's why we're doing this. Um, you know, in Canada, they're only allowed so many Americans on the team. So when I signed with Edmonton, everything was set. They, they cut the punter they had, 
And they were actually the opportunity that the top Canadian punter at the time, who I thought I was better than, became a free agent. And they gave him such a low ball offer that he accepted that they had to take it because it opened up an American roster spot for them. Um, but the GM up there at the time was from Mississippi. So a good old Southern boy, he called me, talked to me. He's like, hey, listen, just want you to know, here's the deal. Here's what's going on. Here's why we're doing it. You know, there's no hard feelings. We made, we signed you in good faith. You can see we did everything, but we did not think he was going to accept this offer. Mm-hmm. Now, in the NFL, I never got traded in the NFL, but I got cut. And it's literally like, hey, you're cut. Here's your papers. Best of luck to you. There, there's, there's no relationship. There's no anything. It's strictly a transaction. Interesting. And so I was reading, if you're wondering, I'm on your Wikipedia page. Um, so it's... <laughs> It says that you were working at a, uh, a bar it says. When, when, you, when you got signed by Toronto in 2012. Is that true? Yes. So Allie, my it, wife, and I were actually yeah. managing a, a country western <laughs> bar together. My man. Hey, we got to talk some music then. Oh, God. Oh, dude. I'm, I'm doing a bit. Um, hey, you want to talk to Allie, talk to her about her time bartending at eight seconds. That was oh, awesome. Geez. And I just used to take a little line in there in Gainesville. That was like record screeching, whole bar stopped, and we had a blast. Um, so, so, yeah, we were managing this country western bar, had like dancers on the yeah. bar, all this kind of stuff. And then I got a phone call. Um, actually, got a phone call from the GM at Toronto, and I answered it. And he questioned, he's like, is this, is this Eric? I'm like, yeah, this is Eric Wolver. He's like, hey, man, I've been trying to reach, reach you for like a week, but your old number, some dude just kept cussing me out. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Uh, so who knows how many phone calls that guy got. Um, but yeah, they called me when I was up there and I went and signed for that's my last game playing professionally uh, for one game in Toronto because their kicker got a concussion. Uh, so I got to go up there and have a little lap hoorah. Dude, that's awesome. Hey, what's something about uh, a kicker and punter that, that maybe you know a fan or somebody that's never played the position doesn't know or, or wouldn't know until they get put in your shoes? Um... That put in my shoes, man. That's tough. That the pressure of a punter, I would say, is higher than anyone else on the field, including mm. kickers or anything like that. Kickers, receivers, safeties, anything. Everyone else gets a second chance, gets a third chance, gets a fourth chance. Even kickers, they miss a field goal, they come out, come back out and make the next three. It's okay. A punter, and um, you know, my teammates can attest to it. You drop one ball, your entire career, mm-hmm. and that's what you're remembered for. Hmm. So there are still pictures in the bars in Auburn of my one drop, my entire career. Man, yeah. Question, question, question. So when 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 Urban gave you the run, what what, what was it called? The, the rocket punt, remember that? Yeah, rocket. <laughs> and he gave you the rocket option. Did you want to keep that shit? You ever kept it? Every time I wanted to keep it, <laughs> man. It's... Wait, hold on. But, but he I'm underestimated how athletic you were. Wait, so so for, for the people out there who don't know what what rocket punt is, it's when the, when Eric would get it or a punter would get it, and instead of just you know uh, traditionally stepping and punting it, he would roll out to the right and you know it. If it was open, shit, run it. If you know, if it's not, punt it. So we called it rocket and rocket option. So Eric, tell us about a little bit more about rocket, uh, rocket option. 
Yeah, so that is uh, Meyer got a little, I'd say, a little more flexible with that um, the longer he was at Florida. But when he first got there, he didn't give us too many options. It was just straight rocket. Um, so there are a few times when we come, we talk on the sidelines, like, hey, they're crashing, they're doing this kind of stuff. But so I catch the ball and I start rolling out, and it was the, we call it the rugby punt now, where you hit it kind of end over end. Um, and the whole idea is to get the defense kind of to get them to sit back on their heels. We don't want them rushing and we don't want them setting up a, a return. So this was a way to keep them from doing that. So the net punt yards worked out fantastic. I did. I wasn't a huge fan of it because it killed my total yards, my total average. Um, but as far as the whole team schematics go, it, it worked out great. Um, so I catch the ball, I roll out to the right. I kind of, you know, peek up a little bit. If someone's crash and I get it, have to kick it a little earlier. If people are all bailing, then I can keep rolling out a little bit. And if they bail forever and, you know, it's call it fourth and, you know, five or less, and I feel like they're all bailing, then I could just take off with it. Who's the most athletic person on the team? Well, you're talking to them. I mean, come on, man. My, my, <laughs> my numbers. <laughs> Listen, I'm saying, you man, my numbers on the top. My name was on the top of every one of those charts all the time. The only thing is they, they would never let me like, be all the way at the top just because they're like, man, the punter can't have the best shuttle. He I'm can't have the best 20. He can't do this kind of stuff. So, you know, it, it happens. It's fine. I'm used to it. I, I've accepted it. Do you think you were better <laughs> than maybe some of the walk-on safeties? you think you could play like over one of them? Uh, walk-on safeties, yes. I, I think I could have played over them, but I feel like <laughs> that, that was not my role. I mean, uh, listen – I, I was recruited at some other schools to go play safety, to go play receiver. My high school quarterback was a, a you know top 10 quarterback at Clemson. And I trained with him in the off seasons in Orlando and I go run routes and stuff for him. Um, you know, so I always trained and I always strived. And, and when I first got on campus, I was competing and training with the DBs and with the safeties because I never wanted to fall back into you know, I am just a kicker. That that was not gotcha. who I am or, or what I do. So I was always training and competing with those guys. And I mean, I remember running shuttles against Bubba Caldwell, and the first time in the in the off season we competed and ran shuttles against each other, and I beat him. He looks up, he's like, "You've got to be kidding me!" Um, and then the next one from then on out, you're you're just neck and neck each time. So like, I yeah. love competing. Yeah, the reason I, the reason I asked you that because I know what type of athlete you are. So I was asking. Because athletes always have that, okay, like, I can go out there and do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you played safety before, did you think you, like, you'd go out there and play ahead of, like, a couple of those guys? It's pretty much what I was asking. You know, some of the, some of the walk-ons, yes. I mean, you put me – obviously, we had, like, Reggie Nelson and those guys. No, I'm not I'm not with them. <laughs> That's a whole different thing. Um, but when I don't think I could have held up it is my lifting style was different. So – you know, if I go up and I try and tee off on a 255-pound tight end coming across the middle, uh, my shoulder would probably fall off. So I wasn't prepared for that. I was all legs. That was my favorite. Um, but I remember, I remember going out to practice and, like, you see these tight ends and these linemen before practice trying to kick field goals and do all this kind of stuff. I was like, guys, listen, like, you can claim to be an athlete. I can run. I can catch. I can throw. Can you kick? And they're just like, no. I was like, all right, so I'm, I'm the better athlete then, right? That's how this works. <laughs> do, you, do you guys like when the um, coach tell you to keep it away from a certain punt returner? Or do you like, you know what I'm saying? Is that something you guys that bother you, uh, or are you just cool with it? We, we ain't do that no, too much, I man. I don't mind it because 
I don't mind that because I don't take it personal. Um, you know, because that's, that's the whole team. It's not just me kicking it and me covering. It's the whole team going down and the way the other team is set up. I mean, I remember punting against, you know, Roscoe Parrish and Devin Hester on Miami. Those guys were, I was terrified to kick to them. Uh, you know, I kicked one ball at the Peach Bowl. I put it one yard from the sideline. I was told <laughs> to kick it out of bounds. I put it one yard from the sideline, and this dude just housed it on us. The, the, the seas parted right down the hash, and it was me and I think this was Roscoe, just head to head. Now was the, there was game over. There's nothing I could do on that one. Not that um, was Devin, wasn't it? So I, that, was I, that was Devin. It, it's crazy though. Well, well, when I when I when I got there with Urban, man, we kind of, we you know, he was tell Chaz, man, shit, kick, kick that shit to them. We had so much speed, dog. By that, by then, you know what I'm saying? It was just, yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, it's all strategy. There was it's uh, all strategy. And, uh, and how we kicked off a kickoff. It, uh, it depends on who you're going against, too. It depends on the the overall team. Um, yeah. you know, the, the 08 team, you know, y'all were okay. You, you were almost as good as the 06. So, you know, I can see how he gave y'all. <laughs> 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 that would have been a good one. Y'all had some defense, boy. <laughs> hey, I think, I think the, the biggest difference between those two teams, I think y'all's skill positions were better. Um, well, mostly Percy had a couple years experience then as well. But I think the D line that we had at the time, especially if you put Marcus Thomas back on there, uh, even though he got let go you know, mid-season, I think our D-line was just unbeatable. Well, you, had, you had two first-rounders on D-N. Yeah, two first-rounders yeah. on D-N. You had a possible first-rounder with um, Thomas in the middle. Um, you had Ray McDonald. You had Joe Cohen. Uh, Ray Mack. Yeah, the list goes on, man. That was a great uh, defensive line you guys had. Yeah. My, my top three punters all time. Ready? Mm-hmm. In right. no particular order. No, 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 no. No particular order. No, you can't do that, Amon. Right? This, no, 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 you got to stand in the paint. That's a cop-out. That's a cop-out, bro. No, man. There's no particular order because, you know, I'm, I, I can't. Nope. I'm, I'm nope. bite. All right. Then the order that you name them in is the order it's going to be. <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's tight, man. You know, where, where were you, my boy? But, you know, I you got Chas Henry as well. You know what I'm saying? So it's not, it's you know it, uh, it's, it's neck and neck with Chaz and, and, and with Eric um, and, and my boy my boy Johnny Townsend. Um, that's that's my three man. Me personally, uh, that's that's my. I'll take it, man. That's a good that's a good three. I'm I'm happy to be a part of it. Yeah, for sure, man. That's that's my best three. That's my top three. Yeah. I don't know about your order, but yeah, you know I'm saying same three. <laughs> man, my boy Chad wasn't a red guy, so I mean. I know. Hey, I don't fault Chad. That's the only reason why, you know, uh, you know, but at the same time, you know, the punters, I, you know. I can't not need none of them dudes. All them dudes have special legs, bro. The first punter who I seen playing, you know, when I started really noticing Florida was Eric, you know what I'm saying? And that's around like 05 when I started getting recruited by Florida. So, you know, first hit punter I seen was Eric, you know what I'm saying? And you got to understand the next one came with me. Boom, Chaz Henry. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I, 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 you know, I seen great punters for, for, you know, about a long that, time. Yeah, for about eight damn eight years straight. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I, we appreciate you for sure, man. Don't ever let let that go unnoticed. Uh, you, you're a great asset to um, the Florida Gators, Eric, man. And you know, even though you're a special teams guy, you don't play, you know, uh, as much you as make it sound like he got cancer or something. Bro. <laughs> I'm just saying. It, 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 <laughs> hey, he's not dying, Amon. He'll be back. <laughs> 
you know. <laughs> we don't need a eulogy, bro. <laughs> People don't usually give special teams guys enough credit, dog. You don't understand, dog, how, how much that helps and, and, and goes in our definitely, hands. Definitely, definitely. Come on, we have had an entire show dedicated to punters today. <laughs> I appreciate it. That Dan, that must have been your well, idea. Well, hopefully you guys can find something more interesting to talk about because, you know, punters, we only do so much. What, yeah, like, I appreciate what you do, though. What, what, do you guys, what did you guys do during your downtime um, as a punter? Like, what was your what was your thing? Punters are, like, usually, like, weird people doing weird shit when we're playing football <laughs> and whatnot. So what do you guys – what do you what did you do? So uh, it's different. So kickers are weird. Punters are crazy. So there's a difference. Got you. Um – <laughs> so, uh, my downtime, you mean like while at practice or like when we're yeah. just chilling I mean, or what? Yeah, I know you're a regular dude out the field and shit. I'm just saying, like, doing practice. During practice, man, I was over there literally, literally, I was playing dodgeball and punt golf is what I was doing. And then in the training room, me and the other kickers are playing chess. That's what we did. <laughs> um, but then, so the dumb thing we did, I remember my second two days at Florida. They, uh, they brought all the dorm mattresses and put them in the locker room so we could, like, take naps between two-a-days and everything back when there were real two-a-days. And we didn't have to go to meetings. So we did our 15-minute meeting, and then we sit around and do nothing. So we literally took all of these mattresses that are these twin, you know, just terrible mattresses and built forts across the entire locker room. Bro, I so when people walk in. They walk in to, liter- to, to us walking around in forts, like crawling around in forts, playing dodgeball in these forts and shit in the locker room. And, of course, fucking kickers, man. That's, that's what we do. <laughs> we I remember, I, derby I, in the locker room. Like we, I, I remember those, we did anything we could do. To man, those, uh, those uh, pads that, that Eric's talking about, yo, those mats, bro, it was some, it was some like regular size ones. But then also it was some thick ones, right? Yeah. And bro, and we used to try to uh, try our best to get in the locker room first to try to get the thick ones. Oh, they were racing. Bro, I remember one time, bro. I, I forget who it was. It, it it was one of the starters, and he had like two or three mats, and like one of the walk-ons had no mat, like maybe like one or something like that. And it was like, man, let me get a mat, man. And dude was like, man, hell no, nah. you freaking walk-on. I can't remember who it was, but like, dude had to take a nap with no with no mat, dog. Like. That was one of the best things about being a kicker since I didn't have to be in meetings. I could, you know, leave practice and be one of the first ones out. And with Meyer and Zook, no one was allowed to screw with the punters. So I'd be in there and I'd have my, my shit set up. And someone would come in, some lineman, like, tap me, like, hey, man, get off. Let me sleep. I'm like, you can go F yourself. And they'd try and start something with me. I was like, man, don't make me go call coach because you know he's going to have my back. <laughs> the punter needs to sleep. The, the most important person on, on, on Urban Meyer's team was the punter, bro. And I'm not even joking. Like, I'm telling you, what Eric says, the, the punt team eats first and all that. Like, they get special treatment. If you, Like, it's a privilege to be on punt team. Punt team. You got, hey, Dan, you got to learn well, how to step right, right, left. You, you got to do what? You got to learn how to right, left, left, <laughs> right. All right? If you can't right, left, left, right, and, 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 and shoot your hands, you can't yeah, be on sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'll do that. Go we'll practice that in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting in front of the mirror. My wife will be like, "What the hell are you doing?" Hey, don't worry. I'm, I'll master it. I'll show you guys. I don't know what it is. I'll figure it out. What, uh, what
you punt block team come off the ball, you, you, yeah, you. Oh, dude, I just, I just run out of the way. (laughs) 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 Hey, Eric, we appreciate you coming on uh, tonight. Uh, What are you up to these days? Uh, So now I'm actually an investment advisor. So I have my own company, Summit Wealth Advisors, here in Tampa. So you know, I get to watch the stocks and play with money and have a blast doing that. And I have my twin four-year-old daughters and I have twin daughters on the way. So that's my world right now. Woo! Boy, you ain't fucking yeah. wow. doing that thing. That real thing. Boy, four for four. Hey, I'm going to call you Wendy. Four for four. <laughs> four for four. <laughs> hey, that's a blessing, man. That's a blessing, man. It is, man. I'm excited. I just got to figure out which scholarship I'm trying to get them on at Florida and make sure they're on the same team. <laughs> Already. Already. And we appreciate you coming on tonight. We'll definitely have you on in the future, man. Thanks for hanging out. Absolutely. Thanks Thank you, guys. Up. Thanks for coming up. All right. I appreciate it, man. That was a good interview, man. But punters, man, they live they live in their own punter world, man. I ain't mad at it, dog. Yeah, for you sure. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, that's important because, man. Yeah. I'm yeah, they're important. They can play the field. Nobody cares about kid recruiting this shit, but. Until you have a bad one, right? Until you have a bad one, bro. <laughs> Everybody's like, how did this shit happen? <laughs> oh, shit. Nobody was focused. Nobody was focused on the kicker recruiting. Let's, play some, let's talk some Patreon talk, Dan. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, we appreciate everybody that signed up. There's a bunch of people that signed up after the last episode, uh, but we appreciate anybody that wants to check out our Patreon. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Stadium and Gale. And what that does is that allows us to to give you guys some, uh, some member-only things. Whether that's some swag, whether it's some questions, whether that's the ability to uh, to come to a, a live taping or to a show that we're going to do. Uh, but we want to hook everybody up there. That's where our first content's going to go when we start to put that out. Uh, so we appreciate anybody that is going to donate to that. Uh, for as little as $5 a month, and we appreciate all that money. And, and all that's going to go back to you guys. Uh, we're not taking any of it. All it goes back to giving uh, to you guys and so so those that, uh, that appreciate. So we appreciate those that have signed up. Uh, eight or nine of you guys have signed up since the last episode, so we appreciate that. Uh, on top of that, we've had a couple people ask, so we're going to throw it out there for everybody. If you are interested in being an advertiser uh, on this show, we have a couple different segments that we're thinking about uh, for advertisement. So if you want to do that, feel free to hit uh, any of us up on Twitter or just slide into the DMs of Stadium and Gale and we'll follow up with you. Uh, but we have a large reach, a lot of audiences out there. Uh, so if you feel like that's something that you, you want to do, uh, we'd be more than happy to help uh, accommodate that. We definitely appreciate anybody that is interested in doing that. Yeah, man. Any product, company, service, anything, man. I uh, appreciate the Patreon. So I appreciate all the support. Even if you can't, Patreon, just the listeners and spreading the word, we appreciate all Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and, you know, we're in, what, week nine of this show, and uh, the love that we've got out there, whether it was in Gainesville last week, whether it was on Patreon, whether it's people just following us on Twitter. I mean, the, the love is real, and the football season hasn't even started, so we appreciate everybody that listens to this show. Yeah, without you guys, you know, a lot of a lot of things won't be possible. You guys make everything go, um, you know, according to plan. So we, we appreciate everyone who listens. Um, I, you know, I, I, I can't count the many times I've been out and um, people tell me they love listening to the show. So we appreciate you guys. And what's cool about it is we we got a lot of stuff planned in the 
Yeah. And those advertisers help speed up some of that stuff, whether it's uh, tailgates at, at some of these games this fall. We're talking about doing an early signing day or a national signing day event. We're talking about doing some stuff in the spring, some stuff next summer. So uh, all that stuff is going to be for you, and, and we're excited to, uh, to bring that to you. So, again, that's patreon.com uh, slash Stadium and Gale, or if you want to advertise for the show, we'd really appreciate it. Already. And what's up with your boy Titus, man? He had something going on in Tampa, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Titus O'Neill, so he played for Florida in the early 2000s. Uh, he's a, most recently a wrestler. He's been an actor. He's been just an all-around good guy. He's here in uh, in Tampa. Uh, he was Thaddeus Bullard. He played for the Gators, well, I think in the late 90s, maybe early 2000s, and so uh, was a professional mama, wrestler. His mama named Thaddeus. I'm going to call him Thaddeus. Yeah, Thaddeus. That is Michael Bullard Sr. So he, uh, so yeah, so he's a professional wrestler, but he's super involved here in the Tampa uh, area. And so we're super appreciative of him this past week and want to shout him out because we always want to give Gators a, a shout out. He had a big event at Raymond James Stadium. And I think this is the second or third year that he did it, but they provided backpacks for, for 15,000 children. They did uh, free health services. They did school supplies. So big back-to-school event uh, working with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, in Advent Health. So big shout-out to him. I know he does a lot in the community. So like I said, I always want to shout-out Gators that are doing good things in the community, especially my uh, my community here in Tampa. Already. We got some two-bit, some two-bit news as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a couple weeks ago, uh, right after the unfortunate passing of uh, George Edmondson, Mr. Two Bits, we talked about uh, how Florida might try to honor him and whether it might be a statue or the Ring of Honor or whatever that might be. Uh, Florida did announce, at least for now, there may be more, uh, but that they're going to put a mural of him uh, by gate one uh, of the stadium, which I think is is awesome and, and definitely something that um, you know, was appreciated, I'm sure, by his family. And and like I said, what it does is it symbolizes that the Gator Nation is more uh, than those that just graduated from the University of Florida. Uh, it, it commemorates those that are Gators. And so, you know, super proud of UF. I'm not sure when the completion date of that is, uh, but they did announce uh, that they're going to be putting that up. So shout out to Mr. Tubitz. And I know that they said his family, uh, his extended family is going to be involved with the celebrity, uh, Mr. Tubitz, at the uh, home opener this year against uh, Tennessee Martin. Dope. Now, y'all boys so, watch the Hall of Fame this weekend? Yeah, man. It's cool to see all those guys get the opportunity to get in the Hall of Fame. It's cool to, to see guys I actually grew up watching, you know, uh-huh. and yeah. I, that, you know, I, I heard of but never got to see. So, um, you know, um, I actually got to meet Champ Bailey. That, that was That's dope, man. I, I, I met Champ Bailey. So, you know, hopefully uh, – uh, you know, a lot more guys that, you know, we grew up watching uh, gets the opportunity to be in the Hall of Fame soon. And how about that bust of Ed Reed? That's got, that in my has got to be the best bust. And, and I went to the NFL it's Hall of money. Fame in 2010, I think. Uh, and yeah. a lot of the busts are fine. They're all right. But that bust is probably the best one that I've ever seen. Yeah, that, it, it was fight on point, man. I think uh, – Shout out to my man Kev uh, on a big three roll up. He went out there. Uh, Ed Reese's favorite player of all time, so he made the ride. Him and his family did a road trip up there, so I kind of watched him play by play on IG. Uh, Dude, he was living up, the man. dream out there. Yeah, he was, man. I know he was. He, it was it was nostalgic for him out there, but um, I think all the speeches was dope. Um, yeah. I think they hit on some real life stuff. We had some tragedies over the weekend, so it was it was a lot of like real life stuff that was hit on in the speeches. Um. 
But my favorite part probably was when Champ Bailey shouted out his barber. No, no, I'm sorry. It was Ed Reed. Ed Reed Ed shouted Reed, out his Ed barber. Ed Reed shouted out his barber. That's probably my favorite part. At your Hall of Fame speech, uh, what would you, who, like, what random person would you shout out that nobody would expect? I feel like everybody does the same ones. I mean, obviously the barber's different, but everybody talks about old coaches, old teachers. I got to think about this one a little bit. Um, I'm losing my hair, so I can't really shout out my barber anymore. Uh, <laughs> he's doing he's doing the best that he can to keep as much of it uh, in place as possible. Oh, man. Um, hey, come back to me. Ahmad, what do you think? Um, I'm still thinking right now, actually. I never thought about that. I wasn't uh, that good. Right, so, I'm, I'm in two. I never, I never really thought about my Hall of Fame NFL speech. You know? Yeah, I mean, hey man, just your this, this NFL you, Hall you of Fame inductee one day. Hey man, you ain't even gotta be Hall of Fame. You, you know what I'm saying you like you received an award. I, you had a hip hop award. I, I'm in my high school. You, man. you best, you best I, new R and B artist of the year, Black. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, I, I, I'm in my high school Hall of Fame, so I mean, I guess that counts. I had to do a speech for that. Um, you shout it out. I, I ain't shout out nobody, but you know, I. <laughs> He uh, doesn't know how to play the game. Uh, right, this this I, is who I would shout out. I, gotta, I mean, I don't know, man. I, gotta I, I got a couple. I got a couple. Um, right. I got to shout out the bartenders at Balls and Gator City. Salty Dog. Already. Well, Already. You know, uh, college experience wouldn't be the same uh, <laughs> without them. Um, I'm going to shout out my teacher. You know, and a lot of people are like, oh, this person helped me like when I was in high school. Uh, my third and fourth grade teacher, I still keep in touch with her. She came to my wedding, said so shout her out. Shout out Miss Rand. She's a fellow Gator too. So uh, shout out to oh, her. Shit. Yeah, shout yeah. out to her. Yeah, absolutely. So probably those would probably be the, the top two people that I would shout out right now. Um, I, I would throw a lot of shade, I feel like, you know. I would I would make yeah, up haters, fake haters. haters. You know, yeah. I think one of my favorite things is when you watch these guys that are physically stronger and taller than everybody else, obviously substantially faster than everybody else. <laughs> I've kind of had the world given to them and they're like, I just want to shout out my haters. It's like it's like when the New England Patriots won the Super Bowl, they're like, We shout out to our haters. It's like, bro, nobody hated on you the whole time. Nobody doubted you. Everybody thought you'd make it. Everybody <laughs> Yeah, everybody won the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, come on, like, number one athlete in the country. Talking about uh, nobody thought I'd make it. Make what, bro? Yeah, this guy was a five star. Got an offer as a seventh grader. He's like, you know, shout out to everybody. You know, nah, and everybody always say, yeah, my teacher said I wasn't gonna be be nothing. Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah. Hey, yeah, maybe teacher, I just had the wrong teacher, 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 but I had a bunch of very supportive teachers, teacher. bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, none of my teachers said no crazy shit like that. I don't have some crazy <laughs> teachers, bro. But I was a dickhead kid. I wasn't a bad kid. I just had a slick mouth. But I had some shitty teachers. They say wild. Some of them say wild shit, bro. Yeah, some of them do. <laughs> hey, so who would you shout out, bro? The plug. Always. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, All right. yeah. You, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I might just start, like, shouting random people out on Twitter. Be like, shout out to Annie. Got a shout out to Paul. Shout out to Jackson. Hey, Jackson got a new job today. So congratulations. Shout out to my dog. Start shouting out random people. I might shout out Bing, you know. Start naming a bunch of people on Twitter. Oh, man. All right, man. Let's get into some recruiting, dog. There ain't a whole lot going on, man. Camp done started. But what's the update on Kevin Joseph, the transfer from uh, LSU? Yeah, 
I mean, we're still waiting. I mean, that's about him and the, the, the rumors that were out there, the conversations that we overheard was that everything's looking good for Florida. And I still maintain that everything is looking good for Florida. There's a couple compliance things that they're trying to get through, uh, both on the academic clearance piece of it uh, and then just overall just getting him into the University of Florida. Uh, last week, we talked about him wanting to make a decision last week. Uh, still hasn't made that decision. We also talked about him potentially visiting Texas uh, or any other school, and he hasn't done that either. So I think right now, as long as Florida can get him in, which it's looking like he will, um, I think he's going to enroll at Florida. The longer that this goes on, I'm not concerned until he then takes a visit, right? So as long as he's not taking a visit, I'm going to keep my uh, my crystal ball that he's going to still enroll at Florida. I still think that that announcement's going to be um, – you know, announced pretty soon. But, you know, again, we, we've got to go through those steps of clearance. But I think if he has a choice, he's going to be at Florida. Okay. That sounds good. We could, we could definitely use him, man. So we'll keep an eye on that and keep you all updated as, as things change. Uh, we had a preferred walk on that kind of popped up out of the blue for the t- 2019 class, the Quan Thomas. Yeah. Yeah, from 561. Yeah, he's from the crib. Uh, one of Jack Daniels' boys from, from Dwyer. Uh, just prefer a walk on, so there's no scholarship. But he was headed to D1AA or JUCO. He was kind of undecided where he was going to go. Uh, I think Jack Daniels is a former Gator. I think he kind of yeah. made something happen. And, and he got on the phone with Dan, and, and he took a preferred walk on instead of going D1AA FCS. So uh, that's a, he's a body that they, that could probably jump in the program and be on the depth chart and a, and a, and a guy that you can use just to build up the team around like a redshirt junior year. But he's a program guy. Yeah, I mean, these are guys that uh, that you want. It doesn't take up any spots. You know, he's a guy that's obviously talented, comes from a good program. You know, Dwyer is a, a school that, you know, Florida is going to continue to recruit. And he's obviously, you know, a good enough athlete to, to start for a program like that. And, you know, you, you want to take those guys because you don't want to run into a position like they had to run into a few years ago where they had to have tryouts for offensive linemen or like they did when I was in school. They had, a, you know, they had tryouts for, for offensive linemen just to have bodies. So any guys that you can get that were otherwise going to go division two or division one double a you know this is an awesome opportunity for them and like we've talked about on the show this is an awesome opportunity for those guys to get a degree from you know a top eight public school in the country so so congratulations for him um you know good luck i think that's still on the recruiting front did i miss anything i don't think so there's not much to report uh after friday night lights it's been uh you know pretty quiet and then i think it'll be pretty quiet till we get through fall camp just because of the nature of, you know, these coaches focusing on uh, – it's still a dead period, right, if I'm not mistaken? I don't even know right I, now. I, I don't even know the recruiting calendar or anything yeah, like bro, that I, because I, they I, all I, get in touch when they need to get in touch anyway, right? So um, it's yeah, just bro, a matter of how many rules are in place. So, uh, yeah, so the, it's going to be probably dead for a little while now while we wait to, to hear anything, and then, um, you know, we'll probably start to hear uh, some recruiting uh, uptick at the end of August. And, uh, and and these kids are just starting fall camp too themselves, so uh, they're not going to be taking visits. They're they're getting into to football shape because their seasons are going to start in the next couple weeks as well. As well. All right, before we go, hey, Cam, come in here, bro. You stayed in Miguel's TJ. I'm here for you it. Quick talk question. Like God. Quick question, fellas. Favorite celebrity gator? Cam, go. Um, yeah, Cam, go. I mean, that's hard. Most of our celebrities are athletes. Or so, politicians. I mean, if I had to pick anybody that just went to school there, I would probably go with Danny Werfel. Um, they ain't got to go to school. They could just be a random celebrity that just 
just cheer for the Gators, bro. You could have said me. <laughs> I'll pick all three of y'all then. <laughs> Appreciate that. Damn, who you got? I just want to go over some of the people that went to UF just because I think that that's important um, because some people don't know. they. So Bob Vila, he was like the original like that's Chip Gaines. The builder cat? Know? Say what? The builder cat? Yeah, the builder cat. Yeah, he went to UF. Oh, uh, shit. So big shout out to Bob Vila. Uh, home again. Um, that's where I learned how to uh, – I don't – I'm, I'm lying. I don't know how to do any uh, construction. Uh, and then Wendy from like the namesake Wendy's, Dave Thomas, his daughter uh, went to UF. Uh, but Florida has basically not produced like a ton of like really awesome people outside of like sports, entertainment and and politics. I found out that uh, the guy from Coach Carter that plays uh, the son and it was on Cousin Skeeter. He went to UF. Uh, Dan Bilzerian went to UF. I know that that's Cam's favorite guy. Uh, so I'm going to go with um, with probably a guy that that a lot of people know went to UF. Uh, but I think he's funny. Uh, he's not as, as popular as he was. But I, I like Daryl Hammond a lot. He was on Saturday Night Live for a while. Uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, of Daryl Hammond. Black. Um, it's tough, man. Uh, I'm, I was looking at the list as well, and I, I I forgot about my boy Chris Collinsworth. I just love his his sports commentating. I love you know how it's a Florida boy too. Yeah, he's all the way Florida with it. Yeah, he all the way all the way Florida with it. You know, yeah. I, I you know he's an older cat, so these young cats might not know him. But um, you know, I you know I, I read up about him, and you know heard heard some great stories about him. So I love I love Chris Collinsworth. Shit. But I don't think you realize there's a bunch of people that went to UF. Obviously, the inventor of Gatorade. You have the guy that invented the first like blood pressure monitor. Uh, you have you have a bunch of people, man. Uh, Ric Flair was a big Gator fan. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. People out there. Um, the guy from Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Stephen Stills, is a UF fan or went to UF. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that went to uh, that went to UF, though. My favorite celeb- game celebrity showed up to Dope last year, bro. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah? Yeah, we brought him, sure. we brought him on the sidelines of Dope, man. Shout out to Kodak, bro. You know what I'm saying? My favorite game celebrity is Kodak, dog. Got to get right, man. We, 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 need him. we need him out there. Oh, we can't depend on him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, he ain't reliable, but shit. <laughs> yeah, he keep it clean. Shit, he's like Brad Stewart of Gator celebrities. Damn, damn. <laughs> <laughs> you can't trust the A as long as he's still we around. Want, you know. We want him out there bad as hell, but God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, let's get up out of here, man. Hey, Black, you got the song this week, bro. Ah, uh, let's see what we gonna do. What we gonna do? Hey, Black, you listen to that new Tyler Childers album? <laughs> nope. Told everybody on the timeline multiple times to listen to it. <laughs> hey, man, you just played Ross last week, bro. People just started back liking you, dog. Relax. Hey, wait till two weeks from now. <laughs> I, I picked up some stuff at that Atlanta Trap Music, uh, Trap Music Museum, so I got you guys in a couple weeks. You got me a goodie bag? No. 
Come on, man. No, I need to, to the I need to, hey, Black, before you do this, I need to tell you guys. So I'm on my way back from Atlanta. I went to a. I heard they a, sell weed at the gift shop at the Trap Music Museum or whatever, bro. You're talking to the wrong guy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, so, there, so there I was. Um, <laughs> I had a flyback from Atlanta. And this is the first time it's ever happened. And I used to travel a lot for work. And I still fly a lot. It's probably my 300th flight, maybe more. Um, did yeah. I have my, my plane diverted? Uh, mid-air, and the, the captain comes on the radio. He's like, hey, we lost uh, we lost some electric. Um, he told you all that? Yeah, he's like, we, we lost uh, some electric. He's like, we're going to be fine. We're going to land, but we're going to divert. Bro, you, normally when you descend, you know you're going down, but the, the plane is never, like, pointed downwards. Like, that's how fast you're descending. Dude, we were falling out of the sky trying to land back in Jacksonville. So I don't know what the problem was. Uh, you know, the captain afterwards says, hey, you know, we we landed fine. Uh, we just had to make a quick turn. But, bro, that was the first time in my life that, that I was scared about flying. I was like, man, I was like, hey. this could be it. I was like, I got to record tomorrow. What are they going to do without me? I, 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 don't, I don't like his honesty, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, let me know if it's about to go down. If, well, so that's about thing, right. So like, until it's I about to go down, I don't want to know nothing. Just say, hey, we gotta go back get some gas or something like something that's small. That's what I mean. So like, we we're forgot thirty something. minutes into the Atlanta to Tampa is like an hour and five minute flight. We're 30 minutes in and all of a sudden the, the flight attendant comes on. And she's like, everybody put your seat backs, you know, up and oh, your tray no. tables up. We're we're going to we're going to descend. And everybody's looking around like, no, we're not. Like people have radar on and stuff on their computers or whatever. They're like, There's no reason. And then like all of a sudden, you know, when something's wrong, when like the flight attendants start to have a look of worry in their face. And then all of a sudden the captain comes on the radio. And he's like, flight attendants, please return to your seats immediately. And we're like, uh, what's happened? And then a couple minutes later, it comes on. He's like, yeah, we have an electrical outage or, you know, some sort of electrical issue. What? Uh, and we're, we're going to be landing. I'm like, so there's two things here. One, either you're super confident that we're fine because you're telling everybody or you're like not confident at all, and this could be the last thing that we know. So like, you know, cross your fingers. But well, that was the first time in my life that I'm like, man. Just tell me you got a bussy Yui. Don't I don't need all the details. Hey, we gotta- that's what that's what I mean. It's just like, hey, like let us know we're about to land in Jacksonville, like right before we're landing in Jacksonville. I don't need to know forty thousand feet in the air because ain't nothing I can do. I can turn my phone no. on, but I'm not getting signal. Just let me know when we're on the ground, or I start looking around. You know, so. Uh, that's scary, man. But hey, I'm here. I'm alive and well. Lucky for everybody. I, I don't know how we got all the way to that, but black <laughs> song. <bro. laughs> right, we, we, we rocking our Polo G pop up, man. Yeah, I'll see y'all next week, my guys. <laughs> Hold it down, everybody. Same <laughs> corner, same time, baby. Stadium Miguel. BOP, hold it down. <laughs> <laughs> We pop out at your party, I'm with the gang, and it's gonna be a robbery, so tuck your chain, I'm a killer girl, I'm sorry, but I can't change, we ain't aiming for your body, shots hit your brain, we come from poverty, man, we ain't have a thing, it's a lot of animosity, but they won't say my name, them killers rock with me, little nigga don't get banged, cause they'll do that job for me while I hop on the plane. She don't like her body, left the doctor with a new shape, blowing up my phone cause she just see me with my new bae. 
Heartbreaker ladies love me like I'm Cool J She was trying to cling on to a nigga but it's too late Booked the flight to Cali, rocks and condoms in my suitcase And every single dollar in these bands got a blue face Diamonds in the rollie, they in HD like it's Blu-ray The way that I've been ballin' should make the cover a 2K Show out for the summer, I might pull up in a new rave Dissing on the gang, that's gon' only get your crew chased And we haul shit down, better tighten up your shoelace Look bro, get up close and let the Glock 22 spray We pop out at your party I'm with the gang, and it's gon' be a robbery, so tuck your chain, I'm a killer, girl, I'm sorry, but I can't change, we ain't aiming for your body, shots hit your brain, we come from poverty, man, we ain't have a thing, it's a lot of animosity, but they won't say my name, them killers rock with me, little nigga, don't get banged, cause they'll do that job for me while I hop on the plane. All of my hoes got loud of mileage, keep it G, your stylish challenge Proud of myself, I finally found it, hold and keep the guys around me I go wear some dressing with this drip, I call it thousand dollars I can make my youngest snatch your necklace for a thousand dollars Soon as we say a thousand problems, hopping on jets, this money call I still be thinking I'm sorry, mom, pop out, I'm on air comb VVS on air stone, this jury got my head gone These bankrolls got my head gone, these meds got my head gone We been popping out since middle school, the lifestyle ain't nothing new But we'll get rid of you, yeah We've been popping out since middle school This shit here ain't nothing new Polo, what you tell school? Pop out at your party I'm with the gang And it's gonna be a robbery So tuck your chain I'm a killer, girl, I'm sorry But I can't change We ain't aiming for your body Shots hit your brain We come from poverty, man We ain't have a thing It's a lot of animosity But they won't say my name Them killers rock with me, little nigga, don't get banged Cause they'll do that job for me while I hop on the plane And don't gotta explain, cause I got plenty of stain. I pull up in Ferraris when I hop on the plane Hot diamonds on my car, I see you niggas lame I'm in Miami Garden with a rich and milly plane I'm a seed, you can't put me in a grave Somebody pray for me, cause I couldn't have been a slave Float on the D.U.B.'s, we had cash back in the day Got a rollie, say the date, roll around into the race Gotta work hard, just can't make it up for faith. I saw me a little hard for a few thousands, I was straight. I binge out the parts, not the hustle for a plate. Now that shrunk come with a steak, if I start calling where I lay. We pop out at your party, I'm with the gang, and it's gonna be a robbery. So tuck your chain, I'm a killer girl, I'm sorry, but I can't change. We ain't aiming for your body, shots hit your brain. We come from poverty, man, we ain't have a thing. It's a lot of animosity, but they won't say my name. Them killers rock with me, little nigga, don't get banged Cause they'll do that job for me while I hop on the plane